Hey, what's going on, guys? We have a bit of an interesting guest today. He has been in radio and journalism for a number of years now. He was a writer at the Time Standard. He directed at K-Slug. He also has his own podcast, the Humboldt Last Week podcast. And he's a musician. I mean, the guy is a jack-of-all-trades. He is super interesting. I had a blast sitting down and talking with him. It was so much fun. We we literally talked about everything. And it was it was just a blast. I think you guys will like it. And I, I don't know what else to say. It was just a lot of fun. He's a super cool guy, super smart, super nice. I mean, what else, what else can you say? So please give it up for the MC himself, Miles Cochran. Oh, we can go headphones? No headphones, your call. Headphones, yeah, that works for me. All right. Helps helps us hear each other a little better. Yeah, that's why I like it. Yeah, yeah. I think it just kind of, it pulls you into the conversation a little more, I think. It's good monitoring. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah definitely for me, because then I can kind of keep track of, okay, where are, we, where are we at right now? Yeah, totally, man. I mean, ugh, there's nothing worse than listening to a podcast, and like both of the levels are like way off of each other and stuff, and you're like, oh, come on, you guys are like saying the best stuff in the world. But, uh, hmm. like, um, who's that guy, Paul Holes, who does the, like, one of the murder podcasts? He's, like, a former FBI guy, uh, did all the um, consulting for, like, Criminal Minds and all those shows and stuff. And, like, this guy is, like, one of the most brilliant minds in the entire world. But I was listening to that podcast, like, a couple years ago, and, the, like, one person was, like, just down here, and the other one's just jumping up here. And it's, like, oh, guys. It's brutal. Yes. You could have uh, you could have put out the best podcast in the world if these levels were right. But. Yeah, especially if the content's good, right? Oh, and sure. then the audio's trash, and you're like, I can't, I just can't, I can't make it through this right now. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. But uh, I mean, this is this is really cool, man. So, um, growing pains. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Growing how did pains. you uh, how did you come up with that? Um, I mean, when I was growing up, I had physical growing pains, you know, because I would just you you grow as a kid, you know, yeah, and yeah. so. That was kind of started the inklings of, oh, that's kind of an interesting name. And then my parents would always say, you know, if you go down these rough roads and make difficult choices, you're going to have some growing pains. Like it's oh, going to yeah. be, it's going to be a hard road for you. Yeah. Yeah. And I made mistakes. I mean, I was, a, I still make mistakes. That's all part of life. Oh yeah. Who doesn't? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I just felt like that was, that kind of encompassed what I wanted yeah. out of this. We're always learning. Yeah. We're I mean, always growing yeah. in some way. And yeah. that's all part of it. And yeah. the moment you stop doing that is the moment you need to look around and be like, okay, <laughs> we got to mix this up. Right. Well, you know, our noses never stop growing. So, Ooh. yeah. So that's, that's a bad thing for me, unfortunately. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I don't know, man. If this thing takes off, it you could be uh, growing pleasures. You know what I mean? Like snap there's something to it you know i mean it kind of sounds a little porny but yeah maybe i mean it, <laughs> we tinker with it you know yeah yeah but it's been fun i mean i don't have to tell you that you you've got your own little show going on yeah man it's always nice to talk to a fellow podcast yeah. nerd yeah you this know? is my first time bringing somebody on who's like deep in it and like actually does one it's like oh shit that's awesome oh man yeah i mean it really all started out you know listening to joe rogan and bill burr back in the day uh, those guys are like, I mean, they're veterans. Yeah. They've been doing this for a really long time. Um, so it's nice whenever those two guys pop on and talk to each other too, because 
I mean, what what vets, you know? Well, who do you listen to? What kind of podcast? Joe Rogan. I think that was definitely a big inspiration. I listened to a lot of NPR kind of back in the day, more so than now, because they kind of got a little, they're a little out there with, with what they're putting out. Um, oh, NPR? Yeah. How so? It's just, I feel like the content is definitely tinged more by what's going on currently. Like there's a little more political undertone Mm -hmm. from what I've been listening to. And Ted Talks, of course, I know that's not really podcast-esque. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Who's that guy who used to host the Ted Talks? Um, I know who you're talking, Guy. um, Guy Raz. Guy Raz. Yes. Oh my gosh. What an interesting voice he has, you know what I mean? for the platform. Oh, totally. And then uh, Manoush something is the new host. And I mean, she's doing a pretty good job, but I got really used to Guy Raz. Yeah. But those Ted Talks, man, I mean, oh. You come out of those and you just feel inspired, you know, you learn new things about the world that you just never even thought of. And it's all condensed so well. Um, The production on those is just. Oh, incredible. Yeah. I think that's one of my favorite things about podcasts is even if it's not like that, right? Because this is nothing like a TED Talk. We're not going to be, you know, elevating the world by what we're saying. Probably. I don't know. We'll find out. (laughs) I guess we'll see. Yeah. I mean, um, just the variety that you find, I think is fascinating. I mean, you have like Joe Rogan or Bill Burr, who's kind of just ranting uh-huh. like that. That's amazing. And well, you can I mean, get yeah. something from both of those. I feel like everyone and their mom has a podcast these oh, days. Oh, yeah. And that's not a bad thing. Um, you know, being able to talk to one another in a sort of, uh, you know, in a different format where everybody has their time to speak. Um, I think there's something just really energizing about that. There's something, it's like a, a solid just human exercise, you know, the art of the conversation. It's something, it's a beautiful thing. And it really truly is an art form. Um, so to be able to work on that and to kind of fine tune that, I mean, there's something that's just, uh, you know, that's just, it's um, supernatural almost. It feels good. It does. Yeah. I mean, this is the most authentic way of communicating. Because I mean, what's the alternative now? It's social media, it's texting, and you just, it doesn't feel the same. You don't get the same energy out of it. You don't, I can't read your cues. You can't read my cues. Like you miss out on so much of what it means to talk to another person when you're going through a screen. Absolutely. And it is a matter of convenience too. Um, You know, radio stations are fantastic. You know, um, analog radio is fantastic, but just to be able to, you know, be able to find exactly what you want to listen to, and just the touch of a button is just, uh, it's, it's something that we are so lucky to have. Oh, yeah. Um, so. What got you started? What kind of caught your eye and you were like, I want to do this? Well, shoot, man. I grew up in uh, southwest Colorado um, and you had Isabella Van Yeah, I was going to say, on. that's kind of how I got introduced to you. And I was like, I got to get that guy on, man. Yeah. Oh, Izzy and I, we go way back. Our friends were like really close friends. And so we were really close friends growing up. She was just a little bit younger than me. So she'd come and like thrash my room. And then I would, you know, and then she would come over and not thrash my room and I would thrash it, but I would blame it on her. So oh, yeah, we had kind of, of like a, you know, there's kind of like a sibling thing going on with, between us. But, oh, that's cool. Um, we've always been fascinated by um, the news, I'd say, or um, fascinated by media in general. Um, but yeah, I grew up in a really tiny town, like less than a thousand people. And um, all we had was radio. You know, I remember calling the local classic rock station requesting some Aerosmith or something. And then I heard my own like little baby voice on the radio and I was like 10 years old. And I thought, wow, I think I could maybe get into this. Uh, So uh, eventually started volunteering um, for the local community station over there in southwest Colorado, KSJD. Uh, A friend of mine um, had a roommate 
that lived with them um, that became the program director there. And so we got to do this Friday night, eight to new or uh, eight to midnight uh, metal show where we would just play like the worst music <laughs> in the entire world. And uh, I, oh, we'd play like instrumental beats and my friends would like freestyle rap oh, over man. them and saying just the stupidest things. I mean, I'm surprised that uh, the FCC didn't just completely rip the station off the air. Yeah. You know, well, nowadays it might've been a different story. Uh, totally. And we would, we would party out there. We would do the worst thing. So, I mean, we, we got kicked off the air and then we got brought back on the air. Uh, so, I mean, radio has been really a huge part of my life since I was like maybe 13 years old. Wow. Super fortunate to do that. You know, and so I come out here to Humboldt State University and get involved in uh, in a KRFH. You know, shout out to KRFH and Humboldt State University. They uh, really know how to put together um, a solid studio. You know, they have lots of really great equipment out there and good uh, professors. Cliff Berkowitz, founder of KHUM, was a professor at Humboldt State University. And he was like, hey, we've got an internship over here at Lost Coast Communications. Um, which is a cluster of radio stations here. So it's um, K-Slug, K-Hum, The Point, and then um, it used to be KXGO in recent memory, but uh, they switched over to a new format, The Lounge. Um, My friend Larry Trask runs The Lounge now. It's kind of like a laid-back sort of cocktail hour all the time station. Um, So, yeah, I got to meet those guys coming straight out of college. And uh, holy smokes, man, Um, I was the backup intern there. So I went from backup intern to, to program director of K-Slug, which is the um, alternative rock station here, or it was back then. I guess it's a new music station now. But um, yeah, uh, you know, always have been interested in uh, getting involved in radio, getting involved in music, getting involved in uh, community. That's really what this is all about is, you know, bringing people together. Um, it's nice when somebody can listen to you and they feel like they're in the room with you. You know, it's nice to, uh, it's almost a lonely format wouldn't you say um i i personally don't think so but i don't do a one i'm not like the soul if i was just sitting here by myself kind of doing like a similar style like you do i would i would probably think that no no i mean in terms of listening oh you know, oh yeah yeah I oh mean, you're definitely. in the car you're by yourself you know or you're you're on a plane or you're on a walk somewhere you know, it's hard to take in a podcast whenever it's you and your friends. You and your friends yeah, are you're talking. Not ha- yeah, that's not know? happening. Yeah, totally. So, I mean, I feel like it's our job to be friends with people. It's our job to um, kind of reach out to them and, and shake their hand and say, hey, um, you know, here I am with you and we are here together. And this, this is not about me. It's about us. That's a. I think that hits the nail on the head. I mean, some of the podcasts that I like the most, that's why. It's because you feel like, although you're not interacting, obviously, you feel like you're in the room with them. Mm-hmm. And even just sitting there listening, you're like, oh, this is cool. Yeah. Like yeah. you just get that feeling of like, I'm a part of this. Yeah. I think that's great. Yeah. I think that's what makes podcasting and radio and all that so unique is that even though you're not there, you get to feel like you are. You get to feel like you're a part of this conversation that's happening and you're pulling ideas from it and i don't know about you but like i'll be listening and then i'll start going off on a tangent in my head of like oh that doesn't really make sense i'm gonna have to look that up or oh yeah that's a great point like i never thought about it in that way and then that changes your whole perspective from just sitting and listening to some show of people talking thousands of miles away perhaps i mean that's that's incredible and the fact that that can happen today 
and anyone can do it is amazing. Super amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. There's no barriers. You could do it with your cell phone if you wanted to. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of positives to that. There's a lot of positives to that in the music industry as well. You know, back in the day, um, surely we became accustomed to our Beatles and our Zeppelin and our Stones and all that good stuff. Uh, but, you know, nowadays there's, there's so many different artists offering so many different things, so many different genres. All the DIY out there is just fantastic. Like you can find a band that has millions of dollars behind them. And then you can find another band that has no money making money out of their, you know, or making music out of their bedroom or something In like their closet. that. closet. And it's just as good. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's, and so to be able to reach people like that, it's it's fantastic. It's also really a hard thing, you know, for a lot of folks because there's so much competition out there. There's Yeah, there's got to be – there's like millions of podcasts now. Everybody almost has a podcast. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, but you got to start somewhere. I mean, shoot, like Mr. Bungle started out in their garage in Eureka. Here we are in a Eureka garage, you know? So, How crazy. Yeah, I mean, that could, that could totally happen. I started out – um on a pool table. I had a ping pong top and it was in my parents' you know, living room area. And that's, I just sat at the table and reached out to people and people were crazy enough and nice enough to come on. And it was, it just grew. I mean, not that this is like insane or anything, but yeah, it's cool. And I'm sure you can appreciate that too. Just looking back at how far you've come, even these small steps, it's just crazy. It is just crazy. And like you said, with music too, I think it's great that there are no gatekeepers. There's no reason why you can't start if you want to. Mm -hmm. You just got to do it. Absolutely. So, I mean, what did, what inspired you to start this show? I was, whew, I think it was a culmination of things. I had kind of wanted to get into it for a while before I actually started. And with COVID, like I wasn't talking to people. I came home from college. I quarantined for two weeks because I was on a flight that somebody might have had COVID on and it was back when nobody knew what was happening. And so I quarantined for two weeks and that kind of just turned into me not really seeing anybody for like two months. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't, I just had school occasionally at work, but I was just at home or because the gyms were closed. Like I didn't go anywhere. And I was like, this is not healthy. Like this is not good. All I was consuming was social media and everything online. And I was like, this is not okay, like I need to make a change. Not at all. And I was like, what better way to get authentic conversations with people than to do a podcast? Absolutely. I mean, it was kind of, it's definitely a selfish pursuit, I feel, because regardless of if anybody's listening, like I'm just happy to be sitting across from you and talking to you, you know? And I feel that way with everybody that comes on. Because when, when would we have met otherwise? Maybe never. Maybe right. we would have bumped into each other on the street. Maybe we would have never had a conversation like this. And that's crazy to be, you know, the thought of missing out on that and missing out on all the conversations I've had up till now. Yeah. I think that's crazy. And you can't trust social media. No, no. I mean, it's just like the algorithms that decide who they show your posts to. Yeah. It's just like you don't, you don't know who's controlling that. You don't know what's controlling that. Uh, it's unfair almost. And it's know. not, it's just not healthy. Oh, sure. Like the stuff online is toxic. Nobody's authentic in the sense, well, I shouldn't say nobody, but people 
are more willing to say things that they wouldn't say to you in person. You know what I mean? I miss the social media days where it was just like, oh, show me your family. Show me your dog, you know? Right. Show me, like, some fun tourist destination you went to. Like, when did it become like, oh, let me shove my religious and political beliefs down your throat until everyone's angry, you know? And that's really, um, it, it was almost like an addiction for people. It became it's definitely an addiction. addicting. Yeah. yeah. Especially now because what else was there to do when everybody was locked down? Mm -hmm. I mean, you went online. Your mm -hmm. work was online. Everything, every way you interacted with the outside world was online. Yeah, I just wish people were kinder to each other, you know, throughout this entire pandemic. Uh, there's been a lot of, like, misunderstanding in terms of, uh, you know, what one side feels or what the other side feels. And I wish there had been more common sense from the very beginning. I mean, here we are dealing with a uh, crazy pandemic that is, you know, a bunch of different countries are dealing with it differently. Nobody's getting it right. Zero people are getting it right. But, like, nobody's saying get out and walk a few times a day. Right. Nobody's saying get out and exercise. Nobody's saying boost your immune system. People were saying it, but they weren't saying it enough. It was a minority opinion. And it was almost suppressed. Nobody wanted to go there. It mm -hmm. was, no, we need to wait for the vaccine to come because that's going to save us. Yeah. It's like, okay, masks can save lives. Great. Or, you know, some people don't want to wear them. Okay, great. Uh, vaccines can save lives. Great. Or some people don't want to get the vaccine. They want to get more data. Great. But, like, what can we all do? We can all exercise. We can all eat better. Take vitamins. Yeah. Take these proactive steps to just help, you know? that does. There's no harm yeah. in exercising or going for a walk or... Just being out in the sun and getting some vitamin D. I mean, there's no downside to that. Yeah. I mean, there's no problem in having subtle differences with your neighbors. You know what I mean? There's, there shouldn't be an issue in that. It shouldn't be like, oh, wow, you know, you have a red house and I have a blue house. Like, we're not going to be friends. That shouldn't be the way that it goes. It should be like, I want my community to rise up together. I want my community member, my neighbors to rise through and come above this thing. Um, I wish that had been, you know, like it's just corny now. You always hear we're all in this together or whatever. And you just heard that at the beginning and it actually felt fresh and real and it kind of felt cool. It's like, we are all in this together. We're not, no. we weren't. Um, it, it was like two weeks of that. And then, <laughs> and then it just, it turned into a shit show. It was, it was an absolute shit show. I, I just don't know where the switch happened, where it went from, you know, okay, we can all get through this to now people are trying to cram their opinions down your throat. Like, if you don't want to get the vaccine, you're going to hear about it from everybody that wants you to get it. And they're going to try to bully you into doing that. And it's not just with the vaccine. It's with masks. It's with if you start talking about these proactive steps that you can take. There's no compassion or understanding or, okay, you feel that way. You know, I feel this way. We can agree or disagree, but we can still be friends. Like you said, I mean, that just is not there. Yeah, and certainly, you know, whenever it comes to, like, racism and misogyny and oh, sexism. Oh, if we're not on the same like, page, it's... Yeah, it's like, I mean, shoot, you know, please don't be a racist. I mean, that's... Uh, don't do that. You know what I mean? That's not, that's not cool. But we, we can subtly disagree about how we spend our tax dollars. We can subtly disagree about how much we should put into, uh, you know, into our infrastructure plan or into this uh, recent bipartisan tech deal that uh, the Senate just passed. Um, it's, we, we, can, we can have fine-tuned discussions still. I feel like we're still capable of that, but we need to scale back on the social media. We need to treat 
social media as if it was like alcohol, you know, moderation, be moderate. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and really there's some people that just don't belong with alcohol. They don't fit. And there's some people out there that really don't fit with social media. They should just be completely off of it. I actually respect some of my friends that understand themselves enough to know that they shouldn't even have any social media. Maybe Reddit. Reddit's okay. It's all. Anonymous. Yeah, Reddit's a little different. Yeah. I see. I wish I had that strength. I deleted Twitter. I had Twitter for like a month, and then I was like, "No, this is going to be. A, this is a rabbit hole. I can't go down." And so yeah, I deleted yeah. it, and I'm like, "I just need to delete." all of them but then i make the excuse of oh well i need it for the podcast so i can put clips out and oh all yeah. this, and it's like oh it's such a vicious thing man. it you is can't, you need it you have to have it it is a tool um in this current society i mean uh i work in government and in my job you know we have to reach out to people on social media we would be nowhere without it we wouldn't be able to get our messaging out there with people wouldn't be able to uh learn about you know necessary um travel information or whatever if they didn't have that so um it does have it is a really valuable tool but uh we got to use it appropriately and we i mean we're kind of what's the um what do i keep here and it's kind of like uh learning how to fly the airplane while it's up in the air you know that's what we're doing with it you know and yeah. hopefully <laughs> hopefully we take it seriously and we're careful well, it's like a, it's like a hammer, right? You could use a hammer to build a house or you could use it to bash somebody's head in. I mean, it's the same tool. It just depends on how you use it. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't feel like we're using it very well right now. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. What, uh, what do you do for the government? Uh, I work in public relations. Um, I'm a public information officer for the Department of Transportation. Oh, okay. So, um, yeah, so I worked in radio and in print. I worked at the Times Standard, uh, for a number of years as well. And, um, I had a, my daughter came along. Sorry, I am You're so fine. sorry. I just synced my computer to my phone and now it's going to do, it's going to make some noise. Oh, that's fine. That's um, cool. Okay. I think we're good. Yeah. I mean, what a wonderful thing. Humboldt County has like so many radio stations and so many people that are like working in media full time. You know, for me to have gone to Humboldt State University and gotten into the journalism department um, and to actually be in a place as beautiful as this uh, and be able to stick around and work, that was fantastic. But I mean, radio personalities don't make enough money. Uh, you know, journalists don't make enough money. I thought, OK, well, when my daughter was born back in 2014, I need to find a job that pays well, that, uh, you know, I can have some security uh, have some insurance and stuff. And so then I, I switched over and started working in government. And then it was like just months into that where I started Humboldt last week because, you know, I still wanted to reach the community. I still wanted to share um, the engaging, intriguing, compelling stories of Northern California with people because, I mean, this is truly just a once in a lifetime, one in a million place that people come from all over the world to visit. I mean, this summer we're going to have so many people coming from all over the world just to check out that uh, the Redwood Skywalk, to check out the Redwoods, to check out our pristine beaches and our oceans and our rivers and um, our ocean line and our rivers. But I mean, um, I feel really fortunate to live in this place. I feel really fortunate to, uh, to be able to, to work in government, but also still have like a, a little podcast on the side, a little nights and weekend podcast. I mean, this podcast is cool. You're doing like three hour interviews with people and stuff. 
And my podcast, yeah. it's like it's like a nights and weekends like convenience thing. You know, it's like oh, if I didn't watch the news or I wasn't paying attention to the news last week, I can get on the treadmill for fifteen minutes and I've got like a okay, some of that stuff happened. Do you ever feel like because you have to watch the news to do your podcast? Sure, you have to know what's going on. Yeah, I I got really into the news back when this was all going down for a few months and it weighed on me there i hit a wall where it was like i can't watch the news like i had to take a break because it was just and it definitely could have been where i was getting my news because it was cnn and there's a tinge there's a tinge on everything yeah yeah but there's definitely a tinge on that and it it just weighed on me so deeply that i was like i can't watch like i was just negative mm-hmm. i'd watch it and it would just turn my whole day negative yeah does that ever happen to you or do you can oh, you yeah. compartmentalize it absolutely a little more? i mean i feel like uh there was a time where people I, a friend of mine was saying something like oh yeah for every 15 minutes of cnn you got to watch 15 minutes of fox news and it's like no that's going to make you feel worse you know they're they're both not positive you don't leave either network feeling happy you know yeah it's mean? never you never feel like you just spent 15 good minutes and you yeah. feel like a better person afterwards it's just like that moderation thing we were talking about i mean you're talking you know you're gonna watch some cnn watch a little bit of it but you know read some politico uh read uh read multi sources read some politifact you know go back and see what people have been saying that is absolute and complete bullshit um and share that with people because oh my gosh you know whenever misinformation goes around um especially on networks like fox news uh, or cnn um you know things get things get real weird so i mean there was a time back in the pandemic where i was like okay uh four o'clock in the afternoon coming on five o'clock early evening news is off just shut it off and like scroll wholesome memes on reddit you know let's like let's just like bathe in what humanity can be you know because humanity truly can be super beautiful and uh, i think a lot of people are forgetting that you know perspective is a really important thing that we all need um so multi-source you know get your information from a bunch of different places but also trust people that have been working on things for a really long time. You know, if you've got peer reviewed science journals and the smartest people in the world are saying something, we should listen to them. Um, or, you know, if things have been fact checked by a number of people, we should believe them. Uh, for the most part, you know, there's, there's some manipulation going on out there. I'll give people that, but, um, just the mistrust for people that have spent their entire lives trying to make people's lives better is like, Oh my gosh, you know, that's not kind. Yeah. It's hard because who, you know, who do you trust? Cause you find you could go to one site. It's totally slanderous. And then you might start thinking, Oh, all news is bad. Mm-hmm. And then you discredit all the people that are putting in the word like Isabella. I mean, I talked to her and I, I told her after the show, I was like, you know, after talking to you like i feel like my faith in journalism has been restored a little bit like i can tell that you are authentic in your pursuit of just the truth like you're not trying to sway people's opinions you're just trying to create not even create but find the story Mm -hmm. and present that Mm -hmm. in its entirety and with integrity to the people Mm -hmm. and i think that's admirable and i think it's easy to look at one bad news organization or one bad person writing these things and say that's all news Mm -hmm. but it's not Mm -mm. absolutely i mean and that's why we have to hold our journalists accountable 
That's why we have to hold our um, officials accountable. That's why we have to go to city council meetings and wade through hours of bullshit, um, you know, stuff that just makes you want to fall asleep um, because, it, you know, journalists really do still have that role and they really still are helping communities. Um, sure, it's a business, especially whenever you're talking about CNN and Fox News and MSNBC. That's that's a business. That's why all those stations are playing one-sided stuff, you know. But whenever it comes to community news, whenever it comes to journalists that are doing the work and really going to those meetings and like looking into these things closely, filing the California Public Records Act requests, um, you know, you got to really appreciate what these folks do. Uh, when I worked at the Times Standard, um, Thaddeus Greenson was like the desk next to mine. And, you know, he's the editor of the North Coast Journal now, uh, the news editor over there. And he's a really smart guy. Um, and the way that he would uh, talk to people, the way that he would, um, you know, immediately hang up the phone and call the next person to try and verify what the previous person has sa had said, the way that he would uh, pick up on something that didn't seem quite right and the way that he would, you know, make that phone call immediately after that just to verify it. You know, it could have been the smallest thing in the world, but, you know, one lie leads to um, a million sometimes. So the amount of hard work that people put into these things, I got to witness that firsthand. Um, and so growing up with somebody like Isabella, she really cares. She really cares about this community. She wants this to be a better place. Um, and a lot of the journalists that I've been able to work with, they really do want this to be a better place. And there's some, they just want their paycheck and they want to go home. Um, and unfortunately the pay model is built that way sometimes because it's like, they're not paying journalists enough money. Uh, the time standard is laying people off left and right. That's just such a unfortunate bummer because these are some of the most brilliant people in the world that are out of work now. Um, so, you know, it's, it's really important. I, I wouldn't say that I'm a journalist cheerleader per se, but, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a friend of good journalists, I would say. Um, and I really appreciate some of the solid ones out there. I think Ryan Burns locally for Las Coast Outpost does an incredible job. Uh, Thaddeus, I mentioned him. Uh, Jennifer at the Journal does a really good job. Uh, Isabella has been just crushing it. I mean, that girl works yeah. so hard. I see her byline on like three stories a day or something. And I'm like, dang, girl, like she's I, not messing around. I hope that. Yeah. Gosh, you know, she's really pouring it in. Um, I think a lot of people should appreciate that. Yeah. I think it's just hard because we, we always focus on the negative and we forget that there's there's positive things out there. You know, you hear that again, you hear that one negative story and you're like, this is bullshit. All news is bullshit. Like I'm not, I'm not going to pay attention to any of it, mm -hmm. but there are people, there are good boots on the ground mm -hmm. putting in the work. And that's one of the things I like about, you know, your show is even though it's just like a recap format, I know that like I can listen to what you're saying and it's like, you're not feeding bullshit. Like I trust that you put in the work, you know, Isabella vouched for you, of course, too. And it's like, you need that. You need, cause who has time? I don't have time or I can't, I don't make time. Everybody has time. I don't make the time to go and comb through as much as I should. And so sites like, you know, what Isabella puts out or what you put out, like having that is a valuable resource for people that just don't have time. Because otherwise, what's the alternative? It's Fox News or it's CNN. And it's just, that's not good. Or just scrolling the feed. You know? Yeah, or just getting it off of Facebook, which yeah. is 
just as bad, if not worse. I mean, you take your average person, uh, you know, over there on the boardwalk here in Eureka. You just cruise over there and just start talking to people. I mean, and they were really honest with you. Most of them would say, oh, yeah, I get my news from Facebook, and I don't even click into the article. It's I just, just the headline. Just the headline, just the little caption, and then you uh. go into the comments, and then you see who's liking the most comment or, you know, which comment has the most likes. And, of course, they're right. You know, it's like it's just like this hive mind. And that's you, you don't even realize it. It's just like due to how Facebook gave the algorithm at that point and who it showed that comment comment to for the first five minutes of that post it's that doesn't make it right no you know um so yeah being able to go through there yeah look at those comments but fact check them you know read multiple sources make sure that that stuff is real because don't just say oh i saw it on facebook so it must be true you know what i mean uh it's the easy way out yeah and i've done that i mean i've caught a headline and been like oh that's crazy and then talk to somebody else about it and they're like oh that's not actually true and i'm like oh this is not good i need to start looking deeper but it's just it's convenience you know because you're already on facebook you see the headline and whether or not you click on it it's stuck with you now like you have that headline in the back of your head Mm -hmm. and if the moment presents itself you're gonna be like oh yeah i read something about that you didn't actually read anything about it you read the five words that were the headline Mm -hmm. and that's it and that's all you know about it yeah so, so you grew up in Humboldt County? Yeah. 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 Born and raised. Born and raised. Cool. Born and raised. And I mean, it is so beautiful here. I think I shit on Humboldt a lot. But I mean, when you it's grow up. It's easy to shit on um, Broadway. Yes. <laughs> of Eureka. Literally and figuratively. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? That's the first thing that I saw whenever I came up to Humboldt State for the first time. Is I flew into San Francisco and, you know, my mom and I rented a car and we cruised up 101 and I was like, look at all these beautiful redwoods. And I was like, oh, Eureka. Yeah. Oh. A little oh, dumpy. Okay. All right. It's like. There's a bowling alley. They got that going for them. Okay. That's all. And a movie theater. We got that. Yeah. yeah. There's, a, there's, a, there's a nice mall there. I don't know. Um, but I think, uh, I think there's a lot of really hard work going into um, mental health services here locally. Um, you know, a lot of focus on like, hey, let's not just like throw these people that are mentally ill in jail over and over again. Let's see if we can find some programs that fit for them. And that stuff is not going to happen overnight. That's what all those officials will tell you over and over again. Like this change is not going to happen overnight because it's just such an embedded thing in culture everywhere now. Um, you know, poverty leads to uh, trauma you know, and just they're just as closely associated, which sometimes comes with drug use, and it's so sad. Um, so how do we how do we get people out of that cycle? And sometimes it's just it's harder than incarcerating people, you know. Yeah, that's the easy way. Is you just it's out of sight, out of mind. If you can just lock them up, but that's not gonna that doesn't help anybody. I mean, it is the homeless issue. It's a real problem. Like you can't just let people stay out on the street and it it's really crazy in la i was down in la a few weeks ago and they have like cardboard buildings plywood buildings that they've made they've got like generators and it's just out on the sidewalk and there's needles everywhere and you're walking around like this is not good for them it's not good for people out and like this is just not good like yeah. we need to fix this yeah yeah and i think you know there i think there's some money going towards that right now or at least proposals for more money going towards finding housing for them um this 
Arkley thing. Are you following that? No, I'm not. Uh, so it just uh, it just made the news. I think it was probably last week, but um, the Eureka City Council has been moving forward on a number of like parking lots that they're going to transition into affordable housing. Okay, yeah, I think I caught something. Yeah, about that. yeah, and I guess uh, Rob Arkley, who I'm sure you're familiar with as a Humboldt local, mm-hmm. um, you know, rich guy, wealthy guy, has got a lot of uh, uh, projects here in Humboldt County. Um, he's got his hand in a lot of pies, so to speak. He does not want um, these local um, parking lots being transitioned into affordable housing. So, I mean, I don't, where would you stand on that? I mean, what is what is his reason for not wanting it? I guess just um, I'd have to listen to his interview. I wouldn't mm-hmm. I wouldn't speak on his behalf yeah. properly, but I'd I suppose it'd have something to do with NIMBY, not my backyard. You know, like maybe Old Town isn't a good place for that. Um, they don't want uh, those types of people. Um, along the main drag of the road, I I suppose that's what he'd want. He doesn't want uh, the nearby businesses, you know. And that's that's probably his perspective. But there's also these subtle nuances of the project that people aren't quite understanding, which is you know every parking lot that they're taking, they're basically replacing the parking taken um, somewhere else nearby. It has to be nearby, and the people that um, qualify for affordable housing, I mean, they have to follow the rules and regulations of HUD. So it's not just um, the run of the mill people that you see that are in really bad shape that are qualifying for these houses. They're people that have to um, pay rent still and they can be evicted for drugs and they can be evicted for causing uh, disturbances and stuff like that. And, you know, it's kind of nerdy, but I always talk about um, JK Rowling familiar yeah harry potter harry potter author yeah Yeah. i mean what a great story of her she was living in her car when she was writing was she really yeah i mean and she uh had government assistance and she got you know um she got a little help up and and now look at her she's really wealthy she steps into it every once in a while um you know yeah what was what was the last one the transgender Yeah, yeah yeah and it's like you know Props to all my LGBTQ people. Um, you don't need to, you don't need to be stepping into this territory, rallying. <laughs> I don't know. I was just like, I, I didn't see why she even got herself involved in that. But I think providing housing is important. I think it's also important that they have, you know, strict rules on drug use. And I know some people think that you need to provide housing first, and then you can address drug use and address the trauma. But I think they they're kind of in parallel. You need to you need to help them at the same time. Because if you bring somebody in, uh, I don't know. I just think that drug use, I think people should be allowed to use drugs if they want. If you want to use drugs recreationally and it doesn't affect your life and it doesn't affect where you want to go or what you want to do, I think that's great. It's not my business. You can do whatever you want to do. I think as long as you're not hurting somebody else, have at. I think that's part of free will. Like, do what you want to do. And if you can maintain a positive life by your definition and it doesn't hurt anybody, that's great. Yeah. That's what life's about. Well, yeah. I mean, it all, it, it all comes down to education, right? Yeah. It's like you should be educated about what you're putting into your body. Yes. It's but like I think the vaccine if, thing right now. People yeah. People want to be educated that's about a good what point. they're putting into their body. Yeah. But, but I think if you're if you're going into these government programs and the point is to help you rise above the circumstances that you're currently in whether it's homelessness or whatever it is i think that you need to 
really focus on that. And I don't think, I don't know if you can do drugs and still try to address the circumstance. You know, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and if... I just think it creates, it creates too much tension. If you're homeless and you're doing drugs and then you're in this program, I think it just creates too much contention, I guess. And it, I, but a lot I don't of it's know. trauma I mean, related too, that's right? That's the problem is how yeah. do you get people to stop doing drugs if it's if they were molested as a kid or raped and doing drugs as a coping mechanism so that they don't have to feel that? Like how do you take that away from somebody? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I that's see that a I lot know. on social media, you know, like you were talking about where people are just like, oh, screw all the, um, you know, screw all the meth heads of Eureka. And it's like, it's not really, it's not like that, you know, like believe me. I've had my share of annoyances in Eureka of people just screaming outside of my office naked and cops coming and picking them up. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like we've all seen that and it's not fun. It's annoying, you know, but um, blanket statements about those folks. It's like, you know, it's not helpful because it's like you don't know their past. You know, they probably never wanted to look like ridiculous idiots. You know, they they just they had terrible lives that got them there and it's not always like oh i'm gonna make a decision to fuck my life up it's not always that simple they know they never like hit a crossroads and they're like hmm yale or fucking meth and eureka it was never like that you know um and a lot of these folks just didn't have the opportunity um so so how do we how do we give those people uh better lives and i think it starts with children and it starts with how we uh, educate our children and it starts with parenting too how do we parent our children are we doing the best in the world at that I, I don't think so I mean we have a long way to go in terms of drug use in terms of school shootings um, there are a lot of problems in our country that we really need to address and a lot of it comes from how we parent and a lot of it comes down to um, how do we how do we protect our young and how do we you know, provide lives without trauma to them. I don't think people really want to address it, though. I think that's why we're kind of in this this cluster of where we are right now, where we have so many problems, is because it's it's going to be a lot of work, and it's going to take time, and people have to have a longer attention span than we currently are showing that we have. Like, we need to pick a problem and deal with it until it's done, whether it's the homeless, whether it's mental trauma whether it's prison reform which is another huge issue like we have to pick a problem see it through and then move on to the next but nobody wants to do that it's all posturing of oh we're gonna throw money at this problem or we're gonna we're gonna posture that we're gonna deal with this problem but nobody sees it through to the end and then it's still a problem six months from now or 12 months from now. I know a lot of people can like walk and chew gum at the same time. There are a lot of people that, you know, would say, hey, why can't we address all of these problems? Um, and I, I hope that we can get there one day. But it's true. It's like whenever you're growing up and you want to be really good at fucking everything and then you just do everything a little bit. And, and you it never sucks. get good at anything. Yeah, you know there there is something to be said about okay, well let's uh, let's prioritize what's worst, you know, right now, and let's fix that, and then let's move on to the next worst thing. Yeah, yeah, because we have, I mean, there are real problems in the world, real problems in the states globally. I mean, you could take your pick and say, oh, this is a problem. There's no shortage, mm-hmm. but there is a shortage of people 
who are willing to acknowledge what the real problem is and put in the work to address it, Mm -hmm. I think. Yeah. And I think the the greatest thing that we can do, um, you know, as podcasters with, you know, like our listeners, we, we don't have a million listeners. We have some, some people tune into us. The best thing that we can do is try to not only um, educate them, but um, engage them with their community and, and also give them a reason to want to care. You know, we can sit here and talk about uh, homeless people in Eureka all we want, but how do we get those people off their asses doing something? You know, how do we get people that come away from our show saying, you know what, like, I think the next time I go on a walk, I'm going to bring a plastic bag and start like picking up trash along the way. How do we, how do we get people to do that? You know, and how do we get people to encourage other people to do that? Um, I think that would be an amazing thing is like, oh, wow, every podcast that we put out, hopefully they like walk away saying, oh, you know what, Um, I'm going to go donate blood. Or, you know, I just like everybody can do something, you know, maybe we can stop throwing our litter out the car whenever we're driving or something like that. You know what I mean? There's just all these little things that we can do as a community to preserve what Humboldt County is really. I mean, this is a uh, this is a pristine place that we really need to like make sure that, you know, we take care of the environment here and we take care of our people um, and that we keep our our people safe and that, um, you know, they feel like they can thrive too in terms of business, um, which gosh, man, like I said, like tourists are going to start flooding here. Like our housing prices are just through the roof right now. Yeah. So I think there's, uh, we're heading in the right direction in a number of ways. Um, did you follow the um, the texting scandal with the Eureka Police Department? I actually just read an article by the North Coast Journal yeah. that was about that. Yeah. What, what did you think about all that? I'm morally torn because I was thinking about whether or not I should say this, but I'm going to say it. Say it's it, It's a man. podcast, baby. Yeah, Come on. It's your podcast. This guy... That's one of the things, side note, that's one of the things I love about podcasting is there's nobody above you saying, oh, you shouldn't talk about this. Subject. <laughs> right. I'm sure you can appreciate that, too. It's... Oh, yeah. The former radio guy. I mean, yeah. I was always, you know, and props to Mike Dronkers, by the way, another side note. But uh, that guy is a fantastic program director. And I was I was really lucky to, you know, rise to be program director, too. But um, it's a hard job. And he did a really good job with it. You know, he really encouraged people to um, to be themselves. Um, but also to engage their communities and to really give people a reason to listen to the music and a, a reason to care about their community like we've been talking about. Yeah, but go ahead. Um, no, that's great. Officer Sanchez, who is one of the officers involved. Yeah. Um, when I was a kid, I might have been 16 or 17, I had a run-in with him, a friend, a, me and a friend, allegedly were speeding down Broadway, allegedly. allegedly. And um, <laughs> we got pulled over in the Wendy's parking lot. It was late. It was maybe midnight by him and like three other officers in two cars. Yeah. And um, he he definitely could have written us tickets, impounded our cars. I had my actual license. I've been driving for six months. But my buddy still had his permit who was driving the other car. And they, I mean, they could have railroaded us if they wanted to, and it would have been totally above board. Like we broke, allegedly broke the law. Yeah. And in his case, he wasn't supposed to be driving anybody. We had other people in the car, in both cars. 
And instead, you know, our, Sanchez was talking with me, and he was like, you, you kind of fucked up a little bit here. And I'm like, yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. Like, I I wasn't – I recognized the situation we were in. Yeah. And he asked – um, he asked, you know, if I call home, is somebody going to pick up? And I said, yeah. So I gave him my home phone number, and he called, and my parents picked up. Hey, this is Officer Sanchez. I'm with your son down here. He was allegedly speeding, and, um, you know, I'm going to send him home, and I need to know that if I send him home, you're going to take care of this. And, of course, my dad was like, oh, yeah, we're going to we're gonna take care of it. We'll take care of yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he let me go. Mm-hmm. And so morally... I'm a little, I'm a little bit lost because on the one hand, I want to stand up for him because I think he, and I only had that one experience with him. So take it, everything I'm about to say with a grain of salt. Mm -hmm. I think that he is probably a good cop. Based off that, I would say he's a good cop, you Mm -hmm. know, because I don't know what another cop would have done in that situation. Yeah. Um, And I think that being a cop is a high stress job. And people who have high-stress jobs, their humor is different. How they go about talking with people who are also in those jobs. It's it's, it's like military people. Like, mm-hmm. their jokes are fucked up. How they talk is fucked up. But it's like, I'm not in that world, so I don't know. Like, I couldn't judge them for cracking these jokes or anything. But at the same time, there's a relationship between the police and the community. Mm-hmm. And, like, that is incredibly important and it's the foundation of good policing because you have to have a good rapport with your community they need to trust you Mm -hmm. and you need to trust them otherwise the whole thing falls apart and i think it's i think it's a problem what was said but i also want to justify it and be like you know these are cops as long as they didn't like and I don't fully know what was said. I read some of the messages that were sent because they mm-hmm. were included in that journal. And they're fucked up. Brutal, yeah. But I've, if I'm being completely honest, me and my friends have said some fucked up shit in group chats to each other that if it ever got out, wouldn't be good. Like, so I don't want to be a hypocrite and say, oh man, like, yeah. fuck those guys because that's mm-hmm. not cool. Mm-hmm. But I also, like, it's not cool. Yeah. But when you're joking around with your friends, you can say some salacious shit just to get them to laugh it doesn't mean you're that type of person or that you're going to go and act on those things it Mm -hmm. just means you're messing around with your buddies and i know nobody wants to recognize that that happens like locker room talk gets thrown around a lot and i'm not justifying it but if we're in a room with your friends i'm gonna say some wild shit and we're just gonna be laughing it's not like we're gonna go out and do anything bad but I think there is a higher standard when you're a cop. Sure. So I I just don't know. Yeah, it's like I'm um, kind of lost. Yeah, yeah, I I can, de- I can definitely see that's a weird position for you to be in. It's yeah. like, oh well, he helped you, but it's like, uh, you know, I wonder if he would help somebody else that doesn't look like you, you know, uh, a woman, you know, or like a uh, or um, a homeless person. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, you know, does he offer you the same? benefit of, of the doubt uh calling your dad at night um that he does to everybody i think that's the question that's on everybody's mind is does he offer that same sort of uh um leniency to to everybody yeah you know what i mean so i think that's the that's the question people are asking right now 
And yeah, I mean, sure, like there people are gray areas, man. Human beings screw up, dude. Big time. We I, we used to say the stupidest things. I told you where I grew up in Southwest Colorado with Izzy, um, you know, in a in a tiny town. There's no black people there, you know. There's no um, there's hardly any. You know, there's a huge Native American population, and people are horrible to them. You know, and of course, I grew up in a house where it's like, no, that's not okay. You need to make make sure that everybody's treated equally. You need to respect everybody. If they're gay, if they look a different way than you, you need to respect everybody equally. And I finally, I firmly believe in that. But when I came out here, you know, it's nice to be around more like-minded people because you get to see both worlds. And that's really important to have perspective to see the different kinds of ways that people treat each other in different parts of the world. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's just, there's so much gray area. Um, so, you know, would Sanchez, uh, rescue somebody from a burning building? Probably, you know, but, um, are there other people that would do the same thing and not say this messed up shit post me too? That's the real question people are asking, I think. Yeah. I mean, I think it goes, it ties into, you You just don't know. It's a, it really is a gray area mm-hmm. because I was in that situation. So I don't know what, he, what would have happened if somebody else was, you know, and you could speculate all day long, but until it actually happens, you just, you don't. No, I think that's why it's good that there's an investigation. Mm-hmm. I think if it affected his work performance, if he did act differently towards homeless people and like the sentiment that was expressed in those messages was shown to have occurred, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. Like then it is, that's where the rubber meets the road is okay. It's not just joking around, which, you know, is, is different. Then it, then it really is a problem because yeah, it's affecting yeah. the job and that rises above. Like you have to rise up to that position because you're a cop. Like whether it's justified or not, all eyes are on you at all times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's I mean, like you're a representative of the organization you're with. You know yes. what I mean? That's what that's what it all comes down to. I don't know. I mean, did you did you participate in sports? Yeah. Growing up? Okay. Yeah. So I mean, I'm sure your coach has always said everywhere you go on or off the field, you're representing this team. Absolutely. You know, and and so um a lot of guys forget that, I guess, whenever they're talking in text messages. A lot of people are saying really stupid things, you know what I mean? But uh um yeah, it's it's like, well, where do you where do you draw the line? You know, uh, were they using company time for for this kind of stuff? And I mean, I don't know. I feel like um, one of the really great things that's happening with police forces these days is, you know, trying to focus more on mental health. So having mental health officers show up and help out whenever they can. Um, you know, not all problems require a gun. Um, some of them just need a gun there to stay holstered while mental health professionals talk things through. Um, you know, you talk about, um, uh, what is it? Uh, people want to defund the police. I mean, let's, let's Which have is common crazy. sense. Yeah. Let's have some Which common is sense. Crazy. Let's pay cops more and make them go to school longer. Get better training. That yeah. should be what everyone's preaching. Let's yeah. train these guys really well mm-hmm. so that it's not, you don't run into circumstances where something happened that shouldn't have happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm a firm believer that you know your police force um, should have representatives of all uh, of your community. So um, they should represent um, the demographics of your community and the you know 
um, the minorities of your community too. It's like, oh, okay, well, we're, you know, we have this percentage of uh, Native Americans, this percentage of black people. We should make sure that there's people representing those communities on the police force even more so um, just for that sort of diversity. Because, and hopefully they're trained in a way that's, um, you know, that's, that's equal, you know, that just encourages equality out there. Because like I said, you know, um, we're, who knows if Sanchez would treat everybody the same whenever they're out on the street, you know what I mean? Give everybody a second chance. I don't know the guy. Um, I've never met him and, uh, you know, maybe he's, maybe he's just fine and maybe he made some horrible mistakes in the terms of the, the rhetoric that he used. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that, uh, it's an important turn that our country needs to take is, you know, we need to, we need to really hold these guys accountable and and ladies accountable um what is your opinion on what happened because i'm sure you're you probably know more about it than i than i do the text messaging yeah i i don't have really a strong opinion um other than you know like you said you know let's make sure that the investigation is thorough and make sure that the um, chips fall where they should yeah you know i just have a i have a problem with with going after people for words i think and maybe it's part of because what our what we do here is talk like mm-hmm. we're just talking well words turn into actions that's the problem that's yeah. that's where it yeah. becomes a problem yeah is if the actions reflect that because mm-hmm. again i mean i've like i don't want to be a hypocrite in in my youth you know and even now like i'll crack jokes that if you're in the wrong company you shouldn't you just shouldn't say but around your friends like i'm sure i won't put words in your mouth but you have friends that you've grown up with and you're like, you just crack jokes or you rag on each other. You, you make fun of each other. And it's like, I wouldn't go up and make fun of a random person. Cause that's incredibly rude. Like well, that's not cool. Yeah. At, and at the same time I've changed too, mm-hmm. you know, because I mean, I went to high school, you know, and I said stupid things that I learned about later. Yeah. You know what I mean? In my community, it was like really common to say, Oh, that's, that's gay, you know? And it's like, and suddenly I'm out in the workforce and I I've had a, a couple or whatever, and we're having a drink after the, you know, after work is over, I'm saying, uh, you know, talking about something else that's that. And they're like, wait, what did you just say? And it's like, I didn't even realize that I was doing that. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't even realize that, you know, and so that, that has never been in my wheelhouse since then. You know what I mean? So, um, I think we got to practice how we play and, and, in a way, a lot of times, you know what I mean? Because, uh, that's important on the field. That's important, um, in our everyday lives is, uh, you know, holding ourselves accountable and, um, not letting our thoughts manifest into actions because what are we, if not just frail human beings in this universe that we have no idea how the hell we got here. Yeah. Um, you know, we might as well be kind to each other and, but yeah, I think there's some going too far. I agree. You know, the cancel culture thing is like, it's not a good, it's not a winning argument for anybody to just cancel people outright. I mean, you look at someone and they said something stupid 10 years ago on Twitter. Um, you ask yourself, okay, well, did they try to change or did they acknowledge it and say, oh, you know what? I actually like harmed some people by saying that. Like, let me, let me say, sorry. Did they do that? Because I think human beings, if anything, should be able to apologize and to atone for their mistakes to an extent. As long as they didn't, you know, call for people to be killed or something. Yeah, we got to allow people to grow because that's, we're all on that path. 
Like, I'm not the same person I was 10 years ago. I'm not the same person I was five months ago. I won't be the same person today that mm-hmm. I will be in two years. Yeah, like, we evolve. And that's part of life. And if we hold people to the same standards of now, of when that happened, say in a tweet five years ago, or like anything like that, it's just, it doesn't work because times change. What was acceptable 10 years ago isn't acceptable now. Yeah. And if we hold everybody accountable for what they said 10 years ago everybody's canceled yeah because everybody you go back far enough everybody said something yeah that is not kosher or that could be misinterpreted like everybody has yeah and i think that's it's hard with this police thing too because there i guarantee millions of people saying things that maybe shouldn't be said every day but these are cops and whether we want to, whether it's justified or not, they are held to a higher standard. And they should be because, you know, they have the power to take somebody's life. Mm-hmm. And that is a huge responsibility and you have to rise up to that level and you shouldn't, it shouldn't be brought down oh, to yeah. some baseline. These guys have guns. Yeah. You know, they've got to be held to a higher standard. Yeah. yeah. I think it's just, it's just, it just sucks. I mean, really, it just sucks because if these guys are good cops and this, you know, pulls them down that sucks and if they aren't good cops that sucks too yeah well and the men and women that make decisions like that and make mistakes like that and fall from grace like that i think that that's um you know one of the good things about this place that we live is there's a lot of people that can pull themselves back up and land on their feet after something like that you know i've known a lot of people that have made mistakes uh in the workforce and got knocked out of the workforce and they came back better people from it because there's a reason why we have repercussions for our actions you know what i mean so um does it go too far yeah but does it not go far enough sometimes yeah too you know what i mean i don't know it's like uh i was just thinking the other day the only constant in life is change right and a lot of people are struggling with this change now with me too you know a lot of people are are pulling back on it you know they're saying and a lot of people are pissed off about cancel culture And, um, I feel like the one thing that I hope that I can take with me into my old age is like a, um, a desire to keep learning and a desire to keep changing with the world around me. You know, um, I don't want to be like that cliche of some old guy who's like set in my ways and is just like, you know, unable to realize that they've made a mistake unable to realize that, um, you know, they've hurt somebody, unable to realize that maybe the way that they've been doing it in their whole life (laughs) isn't the right way to do it, you know? Um, Because I think, you know, as human beings, we're really like, um, we're so, we're so like lucky to be here. I mean, what is this? What is, what is life, dude? It's crazy. How lucky did we get? Right. It's like, I mean, shoot, we haven't yet met aliens, but I mean, I'm it's sure close. We, I'm sure we yeah. will soon. Who knows, man? But it's like, what is what's out there, and what universe are we in? Are there parallel universes? And it's like you you have all these thoughts, and it's like, wow, I only have this one life to live. I might as well like be nice, <laughs> you know. I might as well like try to like um, bring people together. Um, you know what I mean? And push yourself. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the biggest things is when you push yourself. And you find like-minded people that are pushing themselves and striving to be better. That's when you reach greatness. Whatever, whatever, however you define greatness, 
it's going to be a struggle to get there and you should enjoy that struggle because life is crazy. Like this, the fact that you're alive, the fact that we're alive in in a time where we have computers and we can podcast Mm -hmm. and I can reach out and touch anybody in the world that I want to is insane. And you should use that to some benefit, to whatever benefit you define, whether it's you creating music and putting it out on by yourself or doing a podcast or just creating videos or or paintings whatever you want to do you owe it to yourself to just try yeah because there's so many people who don't get to try by circumstances whether they're born in a different country or maybe they don't have the means or the mindset to try Mm -hmm. like if you can and you want to do something you should do it because life is so short absolutely it's so short yeah and you know um it's not just um it's not just like motivation. You also have to have determination. You know, you always hear that, but it's like really true. Yeah. You know, you really do have to kind of fake it till you make it sometimes. And motivation comes and goes. Yeah. You need hard work and dedication. Yeah. You just and you need, need to keep, be disciplined. Keep going. Discipline. Yeah. Keep doing it. Because if, I mean, what's that thing that everyone says, you know, motivation to go to the gym, you maybe have once a week, but you got to go those other four days or five days because yeah, once a week doesn't cut it. Yeah, you're not you're not thinking about the the feeling you feel before you hit the gym. You should be thinking about how you feel when you leave. Yeah, because you always feel so good after you're done. Yeah, you know what I mean. You're over here by Health Sport. I'm sure that. Oh, I love it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm at Health Sport all the time. Yeah, yeah. And most days I don't want to be there until after I'm done, and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh my god, I'm so thank glad I goodness went. I did that. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, that's really what we should have been doing the whole pandemic is like, okay, like, let, let me make sure that I got my core on. Let me make sure I did my cardio. Let me make sure I'm eating okay. Um, it feels so good. And it's like, what do they say? They always say, like, make your bed every morning too. Mm-hmm. Um, and that really just leads to um, opening up doors for other kinds of productivity throughout your day. I really believe in that, man. Uh, and I hope that people will you know, take that and, and be motivated to like, you know, find their passions. You make music? No, I don't. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, I did that last year. Oh, you did? Yeah. That, yeah. It was funny that you said that. Oh, that's awesome. That's what like, kind of music? Well, like I put everything aside, like, gosh, 15 years ago or whatever to just get into the workforce and start doing radio and journalism and stuff like that. And like, I completely just stopped music. I was in a band in high school. Oh no yeah, shit. We covered like, um, I was a singer. We covered like rage against the machine and incubus and red oh, hot chili man. peppers and, uh, and sing, Oh, Nirvana. We had, we did a Nirvana song. We had some originals and I mean, we were fine. Like these guys were, they were a lot of fun to play with blind fighter pilots was the name. Wow. And, uh, I just completely stopped. You know, you get into college and you start focusing on your life or whatever, but the pandemic rolls around and, oh, finally I have an extra like hour and a half in my day because I'm not commuting or commuting anymore. So I'm like, well, what do I do with this extra time? You know, let me, let me play some songs here and um, got to work with Bongo Boy Studio locally. You familiar? No, I'm not. These guys are amazing. They're a, a local studio in McKinleyville. Sarah Borellis recently came to town and like recorded there. Cause she's got her new show. Um, oh, what's her her new show? Uh, Girls Five Eva wow. on Peacock. Wow! And they needed to do some. I don't know. They needed to do some songs for the show or something like that. And she's visiting. How cool Humboldt is that? County. So she goes to Bongo Boy Studio, and works with uh, Jimmy and Susie Foot and um, 
Dominic Romano over there. And uh, so, I mean, this place has been around for like 15 years or more so, maybe 17 years. And they do just a fantastic job. They've worked with like a who's who of Humboldt County musicians. But they'll take your project and, I mean, they'll make you sound like, you know, you're recorded in L.A. in a big studio down there. Um, you know, so they, they take your sounds and make you sound like you actually, you know, deserve to put out music. I don't deserve to put out music. I mean, shoot, I was just doing it for fun, but I got seven songs together, put out an album. And uh, Whoa. it's like, it was like, oh, my gosh, I've been wanting to do this since I was like, you know, making cassette mixes as a six-year-old, you know, I wanted to, oh, I want to make my own songs, you know, I want to be played on the radio. Um, so it's nice to have those like sort of hobby projects to focus on like podcasting. You yeah. Know? You probably found a really solid outlet. Oh yeah. This, I, there's no going back now for me. This is just, it's too valuable to me as a person. Mm -hmm. Like these, these conversations like, I feel different after each one. I feel like a genuine better person mm -hmm. after each one. Yeah. No matter what the con no matter what the topic is, we could just sit here and BS for an hour and I will feel better mm -hmm. just, just because I feel like I got something out of it. Absolutely. Well, creativity is just, it's a, I think it's a huge part of it. You need are. that release. Yeah. You just do. Yeah. Are you, are you going to release those seven I, songs? Oh, they're out. They're yeah. out now. Oh, they're bad. They're oh, so bad. what are they on? Uh, they're on wherever you get music. It's on Spotify and iTunes. Oh, I'm definitely gonna have to check them out. That yeah. is so cool, it's, man. Uh, it's MCMC because my name's Miles Cochran, so it's MCMC like letters each. Sorry. No, you're good. <laughs> that yeah, is got so your cool. pop filter here. Um, I like this too. I like your whole your whole setup is. Just I got really good. I'm gonna. I'm slowly saving up. Eventually, they're all gonna be these SM7B mics. Yeah, but those I started with those. And they're great mics. They just pick up a little too much ambient noise. Uh -huh. So I got to switch over a little bit. Oh, yeah, yeah. But... Yeah, definitely. But yeah, um, so it's uh, the Miles Cochran EP. If uh, if your listeners are interested in, in rupturing their eardrums for a couple minutes. Oh, I'm definitely I, interested. Do you know what I just heard the other day? Hmm. Is that we're only supposed to listen to music for two hours a day or something like that. Oh, that's awkward. That's awful. Like, yeah. I listen to, like, 10 hours of music a day. Like, oh, my easy. eardrums are dead easy. by yeah. now. I already feel like I'm I'm going deaf a little bit. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, you're an audio guy, you know? It's yeah. like, oh, we're, we're done for. We're screwed. We're yeah, I'm a... listening to audio, and I'm sure you are, too, throughout most of my day. Oh, if yeah. At work, I'm doing podcasts or music, and then if I'm editing, I'm obviously listening to what yeah. was on, and I always have headphones. What do you do uh, well, besides podcasting? Um, I do uh upholstery work awesome so yeah so it's just it's pretty much just me working on whatever it is whether it's like an airplane seat or car seat or yeah stripping a couch you know who does upholstery like really well um is uh jack white Are you familiar no i'm not jack white uh he's the white stripes he's the vocalist and guitarist of the white stripes and then uh went on to be in the rock on tours and a number of other bands it's like garage rock you know he was a big garage rock revival. Um, he's from Detroit, lived in Nashville, and um, just is like the king of bringing like real rock back. You know, if anybody's going to like bring guitars back, it's going to be Jack White. Um, you know, you've, everybody's heard Seven Nation Army by the White Stripes, you know, but uh, you ha no? I have not. Oh my I gosh. Not. Okay. I'll have after, to check yeah, that out. Check that one out. I mean, I feel like that's the one everybody's heard. It's like the stadium anthem that baseball players will walk Maybe out to. Maybe I have. Stuff. I might yeah. have heard it and just not know 
the name. Yeah, maybe yeah. not. I yeah, don't know. yeah. You, I mean, shoot, if you go to a Crabs game, you might hear it. You know, it's a big song. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, tons of other really great like kind of blues rock stuff that he does. But um, so he's he's been on Rolling Stones cover hundreds of times. I'm like not hundreds, lots of times. You know, he's a big deal. But that's like I love that these creative people have their other sort of creative sides to them. You know, upholstery is an art. Um, it's a dying art. Yeah. Yeah, not yeah. a lot of people know how to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. So, um, like, like, what's your favorite project that you've done? I, I, I'm still, I'm not like I can't do everything yet. I'm still training, I guess you could say. Yeah, yeah. apprenticing. Um, but my dad does it, and he's done some incredible pieces. I mean, he's done some interiors for. Um, like old cars that have that people have restored and they have been the interiors have been featured in magazines because they're so just incredible i mean the work that he does is is really impressive and that's when you start to see oh this is artwork Mm -hmm. because he's pulling these designs out of his head Uh uh-huh and it's just i mean he's done custom uh, just so many different things custom interiors for planes custom projects we had this cross come in and they wanted a cross made out of like this red velvet. Mm-hmm. Um, and he did that and it turned out crazy. I mean, it's it's incredible what you can do with your hands mm-hmm. when you just put your head down and grind. To be able to like look at something and say, oh, I did that. Yeah. I made that. Or to be mind. able to look at nothing and see something in your mind and be like, this is what it's going to be. Oh, yeah. Like that is crazy. Yeah. That's Concept a crazy to reality skill. is just like, what a beautiful transformation. Ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. I couldn't do that. I'd be like, I'd just sit there for hours and be like, what, what is this going to be? Cause I don't know. So did you go to um, Eureka High? Yeah. Okay. And what year did you graduate? I graduated in 2016. 2016. Okay. Yeah. So I'm, wow. I'm a whole 10 years older than you. I was a 2006 how, guy. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. My sister was, how old are you? Uh, I'm 32. Okay. My sister's turning 30. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Right around there. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, so you went to Eureka High, Eureka Middle School, all that stuff. Uh, Eureka High and Zane. Yeah. Okay. And how did you like it? Uh, Eureka High. Yeah. I. I was gonna say I loved it. I did love it. I mean, high school, I think, is a weird time for everybody. Yeah. I think, you, grow and you face these challenges, and it it kind of creates a platform for you to grow off of. Mm-hmm. Um, but high school's hard. It's great and it's hard and it sucks and it's awesome. I mean, it's just, it's a roller coaster of emotions. I don't think you could wrap it up and, oh, you know, it was perfect. Yeah. Moments suck, but moments, there are moments in it that are great too. Yeah. I mean. Did you, did you travel a lot whenever you're that age? Uh, yeah. I would go to Mexico a lot. Yeah. I would go to Mexico a lot. So that gave you kind of perspective on like, you know what Humboldt is versus oh, the rest yeah. of the world. Oh yeah. Know. Did you did you feel like you were kind of lucky to to live here or did, did you feel like you wanted to get out? I know a lot of people that grow up in Humboldt, they feel like they need to go. I feel like I need to go because my purpose isn't here. Hmm. I think. But I like this is I love Eureka yeah. or I love Humboldt rather. Yeah. Like it's just I went to school back on the East Coast uh-huh. and I went to school up in Oregon and I always loved in Oregon, I always loved driving back to Eureka because outside of Crescent City and along the Rogue River, it's just so beautiful. Oh, my gosh. The and Smith the, River, man. Oh, it's oh. crazy. Oh, what did I say? The Rogue? 
Oh, that, I think I, mean, I think it might have been up this, there too. I mean, the Rogues, I think, a little closer to the border. Yeah, Rogue, but, isn't that up in like Brookings area? I'm, I'm terrible at local I geography. Yeah. yeah, if it's not on Google Maps, I'm not getting there. <laughs> but driving right outside of Crescent City, the air just smells cleaner. Like mm-hmm. you take in a breath of air, and you're like, oh my god! Like it's, I don't know how to describe it. It's just incredible. Mm-hmm. And I've only ever experienced that there yeah and here yeah you know yeah and i mean really there's parts of eureka that aren't that bad too yeah i mean you know i used to do like roller derby broadcasts over at redwood acres over by did you really here. yeah oh, oh man, that is so cool super fun like i remember once we uh our, all of our equipment was like failing and this guy john matthews i'll tell you a little bit about john matthews um i don't know if you're familiar with him i'm not oh my gosh so he was one of my co-workers and he's onto like big things right now but this guy is like a macgyver i was doing a roller derby broadcast and all of our equipment failed and so he figured out a way to like macgyver a cell phone into being able to broadcast from the station on it was 94.1 back then but case lug is uh 93.1 now and um it was just it was crazy a four-hour broadcast on a cell phone oh my god and like i was like getting i was hearing from people like getting text messages like this actually sounds like not bad like it sounds like you're mic'd up you know and so it's kind of it, it's kind of fun to like um have these memories whenever i come back here because i'm not really on this side of town anymore but yeah john matthews um he was like a local humboldt county radio legend i mean this guy he'd have on guests from all over the country big names you know um and he would tick people off he was he was like howard stern you mm. know what i mean and he's from new york so i mean i think he he's probably, got that energy a little yeah, bit. yeah he's like oh he knows how to poke the bear you know what i mean and he knows you know it's like that's not my style of radio but it was it sure was entertaining you know i think there was like one guy who came on to be the editor of the uh, north coast journal he had him on i forget what his name was and like the guy just went off the rails on john matthews interview and like he was gone he was like nixed because of the interview like this guy had that kind of power you know what i mean but john is like uh he's working for um for uh m&m now oh really on uh sirius xm uh there's this guy rude jude that has a show and like John is like producing it. And so he has his like own segment on the show now and stuff. And it's like, I mean, that's XM serious. Yeah, that's, that's big. Yeah. That's big stuff. That's the big leagues. Yeah. So there's some, uh, you know, there's some podcast radio types from Humboldt County that have gone on to do that's cool crazy. stuff. And do you so. think you'd ever go back after doing the podcast? Do you think you'd ever go back into radio? Or you think you'd stay? Oh, around? in a heartbeat. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Like I woke up this morning and, uh, you know, my partner and I, you know, Shy was like, gosh, um, you know those people that say uh, that they would still work after winning the lottery? I'm not one of those people, she said. <laughs> I was like, oh, gosh, yeah, uh, you should tweet that. But uh, um, but really, I figured if I did win the lottery, I'd buy a radio station because it's just there's something about giving listeners a reason to like a song. You know, you can sit there and just play a song all you want, but saying oh you know oh check out the verse like whenever they did the verse they used this special instrument and uh you know it's inspired by this crazy thing that happened um whenever you hear that before a song you're like oh you know what i think i will listen for the two minutes until i hit that bridge instead of changing the channel because um you know people people need a reason to like what they're enjoying you know songs need meaning i think everything every art form needs some meaning 
you know i like i like the meaning behind your podcast it's just people talking you know what i mean like let's get people um in the room with us basically let's let's pass the time together you know um i i, re I really believed in that and so like that's kind of what i'd want to do you know what i mean just like hop into radio and so you know if if i ever get to the point where i feel like i've nest nested up enough money or whatever socked enough money away never gonna happen but uh yeah i could dream right yeah <laughs> i would probably pop back into radio absolutely mm -hmm. you know and i i do my 99.1 fm show every saturday night so um check that out tomorrow night it's called humboldt fresh finds I'll and so i'll play out. some songs too and then i've got the uh the digital the online radio station humboldt last week radio um that people can check out you know and i feel like um nowadays it's like fm radio is just like wow it's really important especially in terms of an emergency in a place like humboldt county you know because we've got like earthquakes and uh you know all these other crazy things that can knock out the cell signal and or just power outages yeah just shut like, that off like nothing yeah we've got a psps going you know we got to listen to the radio figure out what the heck is going on who's got the generators you know yeah who's selling generators for who's 500 got the toilet paper? Of the price they should yeah um so you know fm radio really does have its place but also you know it's kind of cool to like throw on a internet radio station and uh there's no commercials so it's basically Which is like, nice yeah so it's just like all music and then all like reasons to listen to the music and then like a little thing about humboldt county so you think oh wow like i'm in this community with the people that are listening to this right now and i think that's there's something powerful and magnetic about that you know just uh being in that moment with somebody and and thinking oh wow like you know old bob five houses down might be listening to the same thing right now you know and maybe maybe they're gonna leave their house in a more solid mood wanting to treat each other better out there i i love that idea music is such a powerful thing i think about that almost daily like the fact first off the fact that we are alive when we have music just in our pockets is mind-blowing yeah but i mean it can change your mood it can turn a bad day really good it can get you pumped up it can make you feel emotions that you might not have been feeling prior to listening to it. I mean, it is incredible. And it's just noise. Mm -hmm. Like it really is. It's just somebody opening and closing their mouth and then somebody banging on an instrument. And it's beautiful. Our brains were meant to take in music. They were built for it. Like there's this uh, book called um, This Is Your Brain on Music. And, uh, you know, so it involves like science and music. And they did some experiment where they took like uh, Back in Black and they're like, okay, just tap with your fingers what you think the tempo to Back in Black is. Dun, 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 dun. Classic song. You know, everybody knows the tempo of that just off the top of their head because our brains were meant to take that information in and register it and make us feel a certain way. And yeah, you're right. It's like every single song that you hear, being able to, um, you know, tick you off when you need it because you're about to go compete or being able to calm you down when you need it because you're about to go have a serious conversation or, you know, make you feel um, a, a little bit of joy whenever you're missing somebody. Uh, dude, that's, that's a hell of a drug. And it's one that I would definitely prescribe more than social media. It's the best drug. Yeah. Hands down. Yeah. So talk to me more about, 
about the record you put out because I think that, uh, dude, I think that is so freaking cool. Oh man, okay, so the lead song is called Kite, and you wrote? Did you write all these? Songs? Wrote it all. That's yeah. incredible. Yeah, wrote everything. It's it's hard to write, man. Oh, I bet. Yeah, it's uh, it's hard to write a song, but it's like um, the first one is. So I was sitting there trying to write lyrics, and I was like, you know, total brain fart. You know, I was like, I, I can't. I don't know what the heck I'm gonna write. What am I gonna do a song about? This is the first one. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, I haven't had my coffee. And so I'm going to write an entire song that's a metaphor about me being pissed off that coffee is required as a crutch for me to be able to even write a damn song in the first place. So the song is like I brought a, a kite to a knife fight because I forgot my coffee or a kite to a gunfight because I forgot my coffee. Um, so that's that's the first one. And, you know, you know, I try to embellish um, my sound a little bit uh, with with a little help on that one so um dominic romano did some of the the instrumental work and the production and stuff from bongo boy studio and okay. really really fancied that one up and bongo boy made me sound like i almost halfway deserved to be on the radio on that song <laughs> almost halfway deserved it but uh the next one um is called scroll and so it's about this sort of uh psychological downsides to social media that we've been oh, talking about. Oh, I'm definitely going to have to check that one out. That one's kind of fun. Uh, you know, it's kind of got like a sort of like a reggae bass line and then it kind of switches into sort of like a hard rock sort of chorus, which is really weird, you know, an odd juxtaposition. That's unique, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the third one is called Number One Fan and it's about my daughter. Uh, she's seven years old. Her name's Audrey and she's just the smartest, funniest little whip. Um, and then the um, the fourth one is called Fireworks and it's about my girl, Shy. And uh, the fifth one um, is called Outer Spaced, and it's a metaphor for people, um, you know, letting others um, have negative feelings toward people for no reason uh, based on pol politics and, and stuff. But it's all done in a uh, it, under, under the veil of a uh, alien invasion. Super, super nerdy. Like, that's the nerdiest one. Uh, but I had so much fun writing it. So that one's called Outer Spaced. And then the last one is called The Key. And I wrote that one like um, a long time ago uh, when I was in college. It was probably the last song that I wrote before I just stopped and started focusing on Case Lug and the Time Standard and Caltrans and all that other stuff that I've done. But How long did it take for you to write these? I mean, not the one from college, but... Yeah, uh, gosh, you know, it would take like a good four or five days for all the lyrics for every single one but then the music you know i wrote the music too and, oh you did oh mm -hmm. wow so the music is like you know coming up with chord progressions and stuff that can take a while is that harder than coming up with the lyrics themselves i'd say equally hard for okay. me you know what i mean because uh you know i write a lot so i felt like some of the lyrics came really easily sometimes when, when i had my coffee okay yeah right <laughs> uh, when you say you write you write just lyrics or like you just, you're writing. I would start with the music first. I'd okay. come up, you know, so I'd take out the acoustic guitar and come up with some chord progressions and write those chord progressions down. And then I'd kind of like sit and think, okay, well, what kind of vibe does this have? And then I'd write, um, you know, lyrics to that and then add drums and bass and all that other good stuff. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I did um, the, the lyrics, the music composition, um, the guitar, I played bass. I played piano on some wow, songs, you, keyboard. You're kind of a jack of all trades, huh? 
so yeah, I mean, doing all that stuff on every single song, there was one that's, of those songs probably took me a month to do. That's a lot of work. You know, just like, okay, well, nights and weekends, I'm doing podcasting and music. So shout out to Shy and Audrey for, you know, letting me kind of pursue those passions in the free time and stuff. But um, yeah, you know, it's, it's just one of those things. You got to have your outlet. Um, and I, I hope that a lot of people find theirs, whether it's just fucking doing a puzzle or finding new music or you know, submitting new music to Humboldt Last Week Radio. You know? Definitely recommended. Yeah, yeah. Not that that's a plug or anything, but um, yeah, like I think that, uh, you know, there's a lot of good ways that we can um, kind of just release from all the tension of now, of 2021. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of those songs were like some cathartic release, just hearing kind of a quick version of what they're about. Like it sounds like they relate to a lot of what's going on now yeah and just trying to process that and work through that yeah yeah and i think that um there's something really to be said about like you know having nothing to do like that's that'll really get you a lot of trouble you know so like i always i have adhd dude i have to be doing something you know or i'm gonna get into trouble man like you, you mentioned having a crazy childhood i got into trouble so many times dude so i needed something to do um, and it's, you know, it's important to know yourself really. Um, because if you don't know yourself, then, I mean, you're never going to get it right with others. And not even fully, you just have to have like a rough idea of who you are and who you want to be, mm-hmm. I think. Cause if you don't have a direction, like I know I'm not where I want to be as a person, I think if I sat down and thought about it, but I'm definitely closer than I was five years ago. Like I'm becoming that person. I don't know if I'll ever reach that, but I think taking progressive steps and following passions and doing things that, that not to sound corny, but like enrich you in Mm -hmm. some fundamental way. Like that is all part of it. You have to take these moments and run with it when you find something you care about. Yeah. If you can look back five years ago and say, oh my gosh, I'm in a better place now. Like you should feel really happy about that. Absolutely. Like, don't compare yourself to, you know, others because that's really going to, that's really going to bum you the heck out, dude. Um, But if you're comparing yourself to yourself, I think that's valid. I think that's important. I think that's all you can do. Mm -hmm. You, everybody's in their own race and Mm -hmm. we're, we're running kind of in parallel, but what, what trips me up might not trip you up and what you, the obstacle you face next might not be the one I face next. Like you just got to keep your head down and chase what you love yeah like i think that's like hearing you talk about this it's easy to tell that you're passionate about music for sure i mean that just comes across and i think that's awesome that you got back into it but some people don't like some people they have that when they're a kid whether it's music or painting or doing some creative art and then they go to school or they have to get a job and then that becomes their life mm-hmm. and there isn't that release anymore. And yeah. I think that's why people are so pent up now oh, with yeah. rage and so quick to jump on others is because nobody has a release. Nobody's doing what they love. Nobody's following a passion. It's just you work because you have to make money to support your family or your life mm-hmm. or have a roof over your head and there's no time to do anything else, especially like these manual labor jobs, man, that it's fucking hard to go bust your ass roofing a house or pouring concrete and then go and try to 
do something you're passionate about because you're just fucking tired or even just yeah. flipping burgers all day yeah. that's gotta wear on you yeah in a weird way that's such a good point man because i mean sure we can sit here all day and say oh get yourself a podcast make yourself an album but i mean oh, shout out to everybody out there that is busting ass for their family and doesn't have time to do stuff like this you know how lucky are we we're so fucking we're so lucky to be able to do stuff like that but um you know there's little things i think everyone can still do you know, okay, listen to a podcast that makes you happy while you work, you know, try to find these things that, you know, you can, you can treat yourself, um, you know, like Aziz used to say in Parks and Rec. Um, <laughs> Great show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you can, you can find little ways to do that. And I really hope that people do. Um, and that we just kind of throw out this notion of like, oh, I have to be a hard ass and never have fun. Um, and never try to find a way to treat myself better. Because like, I mean, we're just fragile. You know, human beings are so fragile and there's like this narrative that, you know, men have to be less fragile than women and stuff. But it's like we also have to understand ourselves and like just kind of throw out all those like stereotypes. You know what I mean? Like, sure. Um, you know, step up and and be assertive whenever you need to be, but also be aware of like, you know, humanity is like there's we don't have to we don't have to be so like in everybody's face all the time you know I, I see that mentality out there a lot i see people out there just driving like get the heck out of my way focused yeah 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 it's interesting seeing especially that norm of you know men have to be tough it's interesting seeing that kind of erode in a way because i feel like a lot of people nowadays are like no it's okay to show emotions it's okay to be sad or be upset or cry or just you know have these emotions that everybody has but guys just have to lock them down yeah. i think it's weird that we're in a time where people are kind of pushing back against that and saying no that's not you don't have to do that i like seeing that you know what i mean to an extent you know it's like nobody yeah you can go way too far with that like, oh yeah if you're crying wants, all the time and yeah just nobody complaining about the life. groveler. Yeah. 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 You know, nobody wants Eeyore, you know? I mean, that's why Eeyore That's just a rough way to live life. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I think it's, yeah, I think it's really important to like, hopefully you can find a way to treat yourself better. And hopefully you can find a way to like talk to people. You know, a lot of, a lot of folks just don't talk to people. Communication and, is huge. Yeah. Like call the old friend, like, even if it's not necessarily for them do it for you you know even if they don't pick up try the next one um and if all else fails like really there's a lot of programs out there that allow people to talk to um, mental health professionals i cannot stress enough how important it is to talk to a mental health professional especially right now um for a lot of people out there um you know we're we're pent up and we've been not all lucky enough to have creative outlets to kind of pour our passions into so i mean gosh you know it, sh it should be totally fine talking about seeing a therapist every once in a while caring about your mental health you know whenever i transitioned from radio into working in government um, and then started up the podcast or whatever you know i think that was a that was a big transition for me that was a important change in life for me you know what i mean and so it was important for me to like value my mental health and like talk to somebody about that talk through that and then that relationship becomes like a uh, almost like a life coach in some ways. Sometimes, you know, you just have somebody that you can bounce ideas off of, you know, um, a lot of people. I mean, a podcast is that for them. It's almost like, oh, you know, I'm 
is mental therapy too. You know, oh, it definitely. Yeah. Is. Yeah. Just working through ideas. Because you probably talked to a number of really interesting. Oh, everybody that's people. been on, I think, is it, people are interesting in their own ways. Everybody, I think, is interesting. Mm-hmm. It's just you just have to sit down and talk with them and find out what it is that makes them tick, and then you'll just be blown away. Yeah, you'll just be blown away. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think uh, everybody has their unique perspective, and you know, hopefully, hopefully, we can all kind of come to a more cohesive. Uh, place in the future someday hopefully (laughs) yeah things are looking weird right now yeah yeah. it's it is luck i think that plays into it finding your passion but it definitely is it does tie back into that hard work and discipline because i mean Mm -hmm. take you for example you're busting your ass at work then you're busting your ass trying to do the podcast and you're busting your ass creating music Mm -hmm. like that's i guarantee that's not a dad and a boyfriend yeah that's like, like Yeah. What? Like, there's no way that that is easy. I guarantee that takes up 99% of your time and energy. Yeah. But it's worth it. And I don't have time for like anything, dude, these days. Like, I'm so lucky that I took this week off. You know, I'm glad that I was able to do this pod. Decompress. Yeah. Yeah, I'm so happy you did this pod because it's, I'm sitting here having a blast talking with you. But that's like, I don't want people to get the wrong idea. It's hard work. Mm -hmm. But the hard work makes it sweeter. And it, it will pave the road for where you want to go. It's mm-hmm. not going to, I don't think it's going to be easy for anybody. I don't care if you're working part-time or going to school and you have more free time to do your passion. It's going to be a hard, it's going to be hard. You're going to have to put in the work. You're going to have to do the 10,000 hours, but it'll be rewarding. Mm-hmm. It'll be rewarding if it's something you're really passionate about. Absolutely. I think, yeah, there's just uh, n- not enough can be said about trying to find your passion or find out what makes you tick. Yeah, you that's know? the big thing. Mm-hmm. And just run with it. Doesn't matter. I had um, Jillian Levy, who co-founded Humboldt Apothecary, and she's super passionate about cannabis. And she was working in a different field and realized this is what she wants to do. And she's running with it. Now she's got her a business with her co-founder and they're doing awesome and producing great stuff. And it's like, that's what life is about. Like finding what it is. It doesn't matter what age. Some people find it earlier. Some people find it later, but when you find it, you just got to run. You just got to run. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's just so many, um, amazing artists here in Humboldt County. You know, you talk about like the number of artists per capita here and you go around and you walk around Old Town, you see these beautiful murals that are up by like world renowned painters. You know, you're just like, wow, this is like, this is where we live. People come across the entire continent, uh, across the entire globe to see what kind of, you know, art scene we even have here. When I was at the Time Standard, I was able to, um, I was able to, you know, cover the entertainment scene so if like a comedian was coming to town i got to interview them or if like a band was coming to town i got to interview them too and um just the the passion that people had to go out and buy tickets and get together in huge numbers i hope that happens again for Humboldt. you know me too that's the that's one of the things that i was really proud of for this community before all this happened and uh, when i was in radio i actually booked shows too and so you know uh, for K-Slug, I had this band Animal Years come, and for um, for Finish Ticket, there's a different band from the Bay Area that we booked up here for like Halloween shows, and then um, I worked with this guy Oli from Diamondback uh, Productions. I don't, I don't know if you're familiar with that. No. 
but he like i mean he he had some corny artists come to town too like kid rock and like uncle cracker and you know oh that's cool you know like i mean he would probably kill me for calling him corny but to me i mean i'm just that's not where i am musically right now but i mean they were big that's a that's a big deal to book an artist like that but uh you know we worked together on some big shows like twista um over at nocturnum like seven years ago or something uh we brought twista around one of the fastest rappers around um head pe head planet earth it's kind of like a like a hip-hop metal band from down in um southern california we brought them around there's this chick otep who is like the fiercest chick in metal she just you listen to her and like she's got this like deep growl like of a just she's got a dude's voice <laughs> like she wouldn't be mad that i said that i mean just because it's like it's just the the timbre of it is just so fierce you know what i mean and of course women can be fierce too but uh i mean it was, she's just amazing and so we brought her to humboldt county too but to just to see like big name artists like that to be a part of bringing them here but also to like see others doing such good work and booking artists out here i hope that continues like center arts obviously at humboldt state university they do a really good job bringing big names around please keep that up like Friggin' Run the Jewels was just up here. Like, Macklemore has played here. That's so crazy. You know, Dirty Heads have played up here. Uh, you know, some of the more recent ones, but I mean, obviously, Primus, you know, big names like that. AFI came here, you know, like a lot of people, uh, a lot of people miss out on some of that stuff, but I hope that they don't because this community is like, it really does bring people in. Um, and we're, we're so lucky to kind of have that magnetic nature up here because we're off the beaten path i mean we're a freaking island out here yeah we really are in a sea of trees yeah yeah i think they bring you back the summer concerts aren't they oh gosh i hope so i think that i want to say that i i i think i heard that on the radio actually that that's yeah. coming back oh and i know like all the local bands are just they're ready i mean i saw oh i bet absence quartet or whatever i mean that's a huge local band uh, Lord Ellis, um, Dominic Romano, uh, Michael David, um, you know, some of these really amazing local bands, um, they, they're just ready to go. And I think there's a lot of those people that are just like ready to go big too. kind of like, you know, Mike Patton did with Mr. Bungle and Faith No More. Um, you familiar? Nope. Oh, I'm yeah. not, I'll be honest. I'm not familiar with most of these artists, but I, that doesn't take away from my appreciation of just people doing what they love. And Humboldt has like, is we so have a beautiful scene, whether yeah. it's the art scene or the music scene. I don't know about the comedy scene. I only recently realized that we have some comedy clubs where they do shows. Yeah. Savage Henry's awesome. Um, I'm sure you've, you've seen the magazine around back in the day. Mm -mm. Yeah. Savage Henry magazine um, started up. I don't know how many years ago, but uh, Chris Durant, I believe is the guy's name. And he started that up and he did a really good job with it. And, um, you know, it's just this sort of like super cynical, funny magazine that just does the exact opposite of what any typical magazine would do. And, uh, you know, they bought up the club, the old, what is it? The Red Fox Tavern, what it used to be. And uh, they started booking some comedy shows there. And there's this other guy that they had booked like right before the pandemic started and like, oh gosh, I forget what his name was, but he made like international news for defending Guy Fieri. 
uh god i'm he, i'm gonna be so mad for not remembering what his name is but he was this like really big name comedian was gonna come to town and they had to cancel the show because of the pandemic because it was like right at the beginning of that but he like was like why is everybody so mad at guy fieri all he did was help people you know that's his whole spiel. he gets shit spiel. on so much and I, I don't know why i've never actually looked into it i just know that people shit on him religiously oh yeah they're like oh look at this dude with his flame shirts and his bleachy blonde it might be the hair maybe it is the hair and shirt combo that's kind of like oh forget about the fact that he like officiated hundreds of gay weddings and uh you know volunteers a lot hours and hours and hours to like you know wildfire relief and feeds firefighters and buys the ferndale meat company and saves it from uh closure oh did he do that yeah oh that's cool yeah i mean what a cool dude uh a lot of people are like just totally slamming on um celebrity culture these days you know i think that was another movement that happened last year because we all saw that video of like ellen sobbing in her mansion about how sad she was that she wasn't able to be on tv or whatever that was the ellen thing was crazy and then it came out that she's like horrible yeah not a nice person not a good person like what a what a complete 360 yeah for her yeah you know and i feel bad for um you know anybody that had to work with her alleged antics um you know that that sucks that sucks that she was like that because i mean i think whenever she came onto the scene she was pretty much known to be the exact opposite by well that's what she portrayed right yeah yeah Yeah. super nice super friendly Mm -hmm. not on ellen the generous yeah not so much but yeah i mean but there's this sort of like oh celebrities are all stupid and you know and there is an extent to where I think like, oh, yeah, like, why, why were we so obsessed with people like that? Why, why, why did we follow those lives so closely? Why did they mean so much to us? But there's also the other hand where you realize, oh, wow, these people have these redeeming qualities that you can look up to. You know, um, I think that, you know, guys like Guy Fieri and Sarah Bareilles um, and Mike Patton from Faith No More and, you know, the former drummer of green day or like the guys like from afi that were from like ukiah and stuff it's like it's cool to kind of celebrate the fact that you can come from a place like this and go on to do big things in the world and make real good change you know i think that's why people want to tear them down is because they see them doing something that maybe they want to do or they don't want to put in the time to do or don't feel like they could do and so they just want to pull them down Mm -hmm. bring them back down to the general level of everyone else. Oh, the algorithms too. It's like, oh, you know, if I say something mean about Guy Fieri, it's definitely going to get more likes and shares and comments on Facebook than if I just say, oh, Praise yeah, him. good job, dude. Keep it up. You know what I mean? Nobody wants to. Yeah, positivity doesn't go viral. No, not enough. Yeah. I mean, some, I get yeah. there are some cases true. Yeah. 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 But it's way more frequent for someone to get torn down than it is for them to be brought up. Sure. Yeah. And I mean, also, there's like, who didn't make mistakes in their past too you know what i mean so um i i hope that we can come to a place where we're like okay every single human being that reaches a certain level we're going to find something out about them that like oh it's not positive you know but what are we willing to put up with and i hope it's i hope it's okay you know i hope there's a good threshold that we come up with that you know it's okay that they did that as long as they said sorry as long as they know that that's not right you know do you ever worry on that same line of thought do you ever worry about like cancel culture coming for you 
for something that you've said. Maybe it's on the show or like just because you have been in like the public eye through radio and through your podcast now. I think so. Like, I think, um, you know, I've made mistakes in my life, but I'm also like completely willing to talk about them. Mm -hmm. So if anybody ever said, Hey, like, you remember when this happened? I'll be like, yeah, you know, and I'll tell you why I did that is because I wasn't like valuing my mental health right then. And I've taken steps to try and make that better. Um, that's why, like, I think a number of times my family has like told me I should run for city council or something like that. I'm like, no, you know, I, first of all, I'm, I'm not qualified for that kind of position. I feel like, um, you know, there's a lot of people that are more qualified to do that. But on the second hand, I always think that, uh, yeah, you know, I don't want people like digging through my life like that. And I, it's, it is kind of sad because you think about all the other people that are really, that are qualified to do that, that have that same feeling that they think, oh, I just don't want people digging through my life that like really could help. They could make a good change out there. Um, because we're not human if we don't make mistakes, you know, it's the, it's the most classic way to learn, isn't it? By failure. And you learn the the, most that way. Yeah. It's it's not the most ideal way to learn, but, um, it's very beneficial. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I've gotten into trouble, you know what I mean? Like, uh, you mentioned getting helped out by a cop. I've been helped out by a cop. I've also been, you know, uh, gosh, I've had really bad luck too. I remember um, visiting some friends in college back in the day, and they were like robo tripping, which is Robitussin. It's just stupid. Coffee. Oh wow! Yeah, they you know they were tripping off that, and like here I come with a safe like a, a you know safe driver like a designated driver get dropped off at the dorms, and I go and visit these guys that have been robo tripping, which is like far worse th- for you, and I'm in the room with them for like five minutes. And of course, like, you know, I'm 19 or something and I've had a few beers and we all blow um, into the breathalyzer because we get a noise complaint. Oh. And all the guys that had Robitussin in their system, you know, didn't register anything. But of course, I get the minor in possession because I had just oh, showed up as a designated crappy. driver. And I was just about to leave that room, too. I was just going to say hi to an old friend, you know, uh, that's that's that kind of stuff. It's like, oh, yeah, that's probably going to come up later. Um, you know, the whole like visiting family in Texas and having a little bit of a, a a substance that's, that may be legal in California now, but is not legal in Texas, uh, allegedly, allegedly. might've had some of that in my vehicle and, uh, you know, get pulled over in Texas and they, uh, they find the, um, the pipe, but they don't find the substance. And I'm pretty sure now looking back on it, that the, the state trooper there probably did find the substance and, uh, just decided to let me go, you know, same similar situation that you went through, um, where, you know, Hey, maybe we could use, um, a little bit of the benefit of the doubt so we could go on to, you know, I'm headed to college. I'm headed to enter into the workforce. I'm headed to be a taxpaying good citizen. You know what I mean? Uh, they could have lost out on that if they decided to, you know, so there's definitely both sides to that coin. We definitely want to like improve the lives of those around us so that they can get to that point to where they're stimulating our economy. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy how just, I mean, dumb luck, like one thing changes and it's all different. Mm-hmm. Like that is. Yeah. That's it's just overnight. You could uh, be like, Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. I had, I, when I was going to Oregon state, a bunch of us got shit faced and we went to, the football game, which is like what you do up there. You know, you get wasted and then you go watch football. 
And we're out there and we're having a good time. And it's me and two buddies. And we're up on the bleachers and we're standing up because we're cheering for something. And this guy in front of us who's like a military vet, roughly our age, maybe a couple years older than us. We're talking with them. They're talking with us. One of them pulls out a flask of like fireball or something and we're passing it around just having a good time, you know, and we passed it back to him. And like 30 seconds later, a a trooper comes down the steps and he's like, all right, where is it? And we're all like, we're all playing dumb because, you know, yeah. and um, he's looking around, looking at each of us and I'm just looking at the game. Like I'm just, I'm. I'm swaying because I'm trying to focus on just standing, standing. Like it's it's looking rough for me, and I'm like, this is this is how I go down right here. Yeah, yeah. This, and this so is it. I'm just focusing on not falling over. I've got a buddy to my left. Shout out to Tristan. He is he is like, I I don't remember if he was like looking at the cop or not looking at the cop, but the cop looks at him and is like, you, 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 and you come with me. And he takes four of them, including Tristan. And they all got, I think they all got tagged mm-hmm. from MIP, you know, minor yeah. in possession. And I think about that and it's like, that was just dumb luck that I didn't get take. I wouldn't, I would have blown over easily. And it's crazy how it's just that, like, that's just luck. Yeah. Like there's no rhyme or reason why he got picked and I didn't, or those guys got picked. Or those guys just happen to have a flask and we're friendly and we were having a good time. Like one thing like that and everything changes. I mean, Maybe. imagine, yeah. imagine if you just went out and were partying and you got picked up by the police and they weren't nice and you had a little bit of weed on you or something and you get locked up. And mm-hmm. it's like that one moment changes your whole direction. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like... In humanity, we're dealt with like, okay, how much of where we've gotten is based on luck and how much of it is based on hard work and determination, you know? And I feel like, I don't know, for some people, it's mostly luck. And I feel like for others, it's mostly hard work and determination, you know, that can fall anywhere on the spectrum of one to a hundred. But boy, maybe that's like why we're so critical of celebrities, because we have that in the back of our mind. Like, how much luck did they get to get there? You know, for every really talented celebrity, there's like a hundred like equally talented, if not more talented people that could do the exact same thing. They just didn't get the same amount of luck. Yeah. Especially in music that there are just, I mean, how many thousands of great artists are out there that are just kind of obscure because they didn't blow up or maybe they didn't get the traction online and they just have like their niche following, which there's nothing wrong with that, but they could have been like Mm -hmm. a Miley Cyrus or a, or a you know, take, take your pick of some huge, like a Michael Jackson, like some superstar, but they just didn't get that one moment where there were a ton of eyes and they, they took it and ran with it. Yeah. And a lot of it comes down to like perspective too. You know, um, I read this book, um, what is it? The subtle art of not giving a fuck. I don't know. Uh, if you've Is heard that a good book? No, I've heard of it. I haven't read it. Yeah. Yeah. There's this really good point. Um, I forget what the guy's name is. Uh, who wrote it, but that uh, doesn't matter. People can Google it. <laughs> like we can Google everything, but yeah, there's this guy who's like, he's talking about um, a couple of rock stars. And I, th- I believe it was like the drummer of Megadeth or something used to be, um, Oh, I'm totally missing it now, but okay. So that he, he takes two rock stars. One of them only gives a shit about competing and having better record sales than the other one. And then um, 
you know, oh, and then there's Pete Best, the former drummer of um, the Beatles, who, you know, okay, yeah, he may have lost out on being in the Beatles, but he also lived a really happy life and he surrounded himself with his family. And, you know, if you look at the guy and you talk to the guy, you seem like, oh, wow, that guy's led a more fulfilling life. Oh, yeah, it's Dave Mustaine from Megadeth. And Dave Mustaine from Megadeth is like, oh, it's just completely competing with the guys from Metallica for his entire career and always never feels like he's like done anything. So you, and you compare Dave Mustaine from Megadeth, who's like sold millions and millions of albums to Pete Best from the Beatles, who hasn't done anything, but which one is happier? And it's Pete Best who hasn't sold the millions of albums because it's the perspective of how you look at your life, right? So, and that's in that book. And there's a lot of really solid points in that book, but that's kind of like, wow. So if, even if we did get really successful, were we just looking at it to compete with others the whole time? And is that really what we wanted? Um, or, you know, are we doing these podcasts like Humboldt last week or Growing Pains? Are we kind of just doing those to enrich ourselves? And, is does it matter how many people listened last week does it matter you know certainly for my advertisers it matters but i mean i feel like um you know i feel like we shouldn't be tying ourselves to those view counts so much and instead we should say oh am i better for having done that episode you know or if i'm not better for having done that episode how can i do the next one so that i will have done an episode next time that i felt better from um you know being able to say that you're doing these creative things for yourself instead of for the um, the view counts or the listen counts, I think that's like, that's huge. And the longevity of that is huge. Like, look at Joe Rogan. He was doing, I mean, whatever, he, he's he's getting in trouble today. And I don't really necessarily listen to him too much today because, he, I don't know, I just, I, it was coming, a lot of inflammatory stuff, you know, there's a lot of this us versus them stuff going on with him. And that's fine. I know that people still like that. But, uh, um but he got so famous and he has so many listeners. He doesn't need me. You know what I mean? He doesn't need me. But he's, and he still has that many listeners, but he had years and years and years where he didn't have listeners, you know, but he just kept doing it. He just kept plugging away, you know? Um, and if the success happens, that's awesome. But I mean, if it doesn't, I think Joe Rogan, guy like that, seems like he'd go back and say, well, did I stay in shape? And did I you know, talk to some interesting people and, you know, and he'd probably say yes. And he'd probably be pretty happy. I think. I think that's why being passionate is so important. Cause if you don't have a passion for what you're doing, the first opportunity to get out or to do something else or anything, you're going to jump at it because you don't, you're not passionate about what you do. Like if I was just doing this for money or you were just creating music for money as soon as the money dries up, you're not going to do it anymore. Cause why I was only mm -hmm. doing it for money. And if the money's gone, why do I still need to do this? Mm -hmm. You know, I think that plays, like you said, into the longevity of it is you have to figure out why you want to do it. And if that reason is to better yourself, well then you're going to win every time. Yeah. Cause you're going to be a, you're going to be more motivated to work harder if it's good or if it's bad, because you're going to want to make it better mm -hmm. either way. And that's going to keep feeding that cycle of, okay, I got to, I got to improve this part. I got to improve. Like, I feel like that with this, like trying to build up the studio, it started out, okay, I got to get more mics. I got to get better lights. Like, yeah. and that's just external things. 
in conversation wise, it's like, oh man, I should have said this and I didn't say that. Yeah, yeah. Or I should have prodded them more on this line of thinking because I think I could have got something deeper out of them that would have, you know, better encompassed their idea. Or I should have said this this way because I didn't really get that point across and I kind of fucked it up and mm -hmm. it didn't make sense. Like being critical of what you do is good because it motivates you to do better, mm -hmm. I think. And yeah. it's just, it's just passion. You just have to be passionate about it. Pa be passionate, have fun, and like, don't forget where you came from either. Yes. You know, I feel like that's a, a huge thing too. Uh, I'm wearing this shirt right now. It's my uh, Foo Fighters shirt. And it's uh, a dedication to one of their first ever shows at the Jambalaya in Arcata. And they put out this shirt recently, um, you know, throughout the pandemic, taking sales from it and then donating it to small venues, hoping that they could stay open. Oh, that's cool. So, I mean, damn, like Foo Fighters, Rock and Roll Hall of Famers were doing a a show in Arcata. Off the I didn't even know there. they played there. Oh, yeah. Back in the 90s, man. And there's a lot of people that'll be like, oh, man, you, you got to find somebody who saw that show. I bet you could do a whole podcast about somebody that was at that old Foo Fighters show. Yeah. Um, God, that must have been incredible. Yeah, that. yeah. I wish that I was here just... then, but I was like, "Wow, it's nice that like a band like Foo Fighters cares about stuff like that." You know, um, I I hope that you know more people out there look back and try to help if they can. Sarah Bareilles is like donating to um, Humboldt Area Foundation last year, which is involved in a lot of local grants that help people here. So um, you know, cheers to her. Cheers to anybody that like goes out of their way. You know, whenever they have the resources to help where they came from. And it's not even just about financial resources. I mean, one of the best things you can do is use your time. Like, you if you don't have money, but you're, you want to help out, just just volunteer, you know? I think that's a thing that gets missed because you hear about all these pro, big profile donations or people giving out large lump sums of money because they have a bunch of money and they feel passionate and want to do that. But, mm -hmm. like, I can't go donate you know, a bunch of money to something. But if you were passionate about it, you could just go volunteer. Oh, yeah. And time, time yeah. is so much more valuable than money. Yeah. It really is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Shy, my girlfriend, she's a, a volunteer at Miranda's. Or she just wrapped up volunteering for like three or four years. She has to stop now because we have like a lot of stuff going on in our life. It's crazy right now. But she she volunteered. And I mean, that was just so enriching for her. And I know that all the volunteers down there at Miranda's Rescue um, they do amazing work for those animals. Did you did you happen to get a new animal over the last year? Um, no, 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 I didn't. So many people did. Oh yeah. I just thought that you know, the, so many people did it. I thought the chances of you having done it were pretty. No, high. I didn't. Because like, I mean, and these dogs that we are all taking in that like we can spend more time with because we're not commuting as much or just working from home, they're like so well trained. Like my puppy. Bly, she's seven months old, and I've had her since she was like, we've had her since she was like uh, two weeks old, but she is so smart. I'm just thinking of all these like pandemic animals that are just like insanely trained right now because yeah, people, people can spend all the time, time on it. Yeah. Like she'll like sit and stay and lay down and like wait for her treats, and then you can like rest a treat on her nose and tell her okay, and then she'll eat it. Like what kind of dog is she? She's like a big mix, you know, and that's another cool thing that I love that people do is just rescue animals, not caring. Like, oh, a, yeah. But I mean, she's a mutt. She's like mostly a, a shepherd, but she's solid like red. You know, she's like, oh, wow. She's like um, golden retriever red all throughout her whole body, but looks like a golden retriever or it looks like a, a German shepherd. Oh, that's cool. So she's she's cool. Cool looking dog. Yeah. Damn. She's a lot of fun, but. 
and I don't know, it's like creative projects and animals. I feel like that's been like some of the big upsides of the pandemic. You know? Yeah. I mean, it, 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 getting those animals out of those shelters is just, that's a great thing. I mean, it's, it's just, it's hard, especially animal shelters. Like that's just hard when they have to put them down, especially if they don't get adopted. Like that's just, that's not good. Yeah. It's sad. You yeah. Know? It's it really, really hard. Is. Yeah. So there's a lot of, a lot of people that do thankless work like that. That's kind of like, that's not as glamorous and it doesn't get headlines, but, um, it's you important. Know, ch- yeah. Cheers to anybody that's volunteering at, um, local shelters, you know, um, animal shelters, volunteering for Betty Chin, people like that, you know, there's, there's good people that have turned their lives around here, um, that, um, you know, we're assisted by volunteers like that and they just don't get the thanks that they deserve. Or there's like local cleanup groups that don't get enough thank yous, you know, teachers, uh, in Humboldt County, like, can you believe what they went through this last year trying to like keep kids engaged, you know, and probably it was probably really hard for them. Oh, guaranteed. You know, I mean, I was in college through that and was doing online work and it was, it's just not the same. same and it's not nearly as good and you're not getting nearly as much information as you would if you were actually in a classroom Mm -hmm. it's just i worry about those kids you know and what's gonna what's gonna and i'm sure your daughter probably went through that was she did she do online work she was a hybrid for a lot of the year she's down in fortuna at um redwood prep and um they did a really good job um you know there was one class i believe that had to you know quarantine for a couple weeks but other than that um they they educated those kids uh, with distancing and um, a little bit of in-person and a little bit of at-home work. And a lot of the parents out there, uh, Shy and then um, Audrey's mom, Alyssa, they just did such amazing work, you know. So um, while I'm saying that, you know, shout out to all the Humboldt County and all the all the people listening that, you know, have blended families that, you know, make it work for the kid. That's amazing to see too. Oh yeah, you know, uh, I see a lot of that here. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's the uh, there's the kids, um, there's the uh, the the new animals, the creative projects. Like, did you see any other positives of the From pandemic? COVID? Yeah. Um, I think a big positive that I saw is that people are a little more willing to question things, I think. And not like in an extreme way where they think like the world's ending or, you know. No flat earth stuff. Yeah, no flat earth stuff, thankfully. Yeah. But I mean, be a little more skeptical about just information. Like no, they're not taking what they hear, like we said, like on Facebook or CNN as gospel to the extent that I felt like was happening beforehand. Like people are a little bit more like, you know, I don't really know what this means. Like how do we, like I got to figure out they're just more willing to look deeper, I think. At mm-hmm. least here locally from the people that I've talked to on the podcast, they all seem really willing to challenge their ideas. And I don't know, maybe I didn't surround myself with those kinds of people beforehand or I hadn't come into contact or had the opportunity to express those ideas with them. But mm-hmm. I think that's important because it's been a hard year. And I think people are just just tired and exhausted and to see that they're still willing to, to question and not take things at face value. I think that's important. 
Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. And I mean, that's, that's a hard one, right? Because you have the juxtaposition of people that like don't believe their own doctors about things. Yeah. Which is not good. You know? And it's But it's a trade. I had someone tell me that their doctor said that they shouldn't be taking a multivitamin. And I was like, oh, we got to have a talk with your doctor (laughs) because I know what they eat. And I was like, you definitely are not getting everything that you need. Like, yeah, multi-source too. I mean, if you, like you said, you know, question authority to an extent, but like, you know, don't think that everybody is out there trying to lie to you, especially if, you know, they're coming from a place where they have nothing to gain from providing this information to you. Um, I don't know. I didn't see, I didn't see the mask mandate as a control mechanism you know some people think that it was i know a lot of people do yeah i know then a lot of people don't and a lot of you know and i'm just of the mindset where it was like gosh you know i didn't mind wearing it it wasn't that hard you know and i know that you know it's not a slippery slope i know that the government isn't going to make me do something horrible um you know and i just have that trust because i've I've reported on the government and I've looked deeply into it and I've interviewed government officials and I work in government, you know, and I've seen, I've seen how that works. And I've just, I, there's no, and I, I, I've seen how it's failed in the past too. So I'm glad that people are questioning it and definitely question authority, but also understand that like, there's, there's things that maybe we've gone a little over. There's a line that's, I, maybe I'm backtracking a little bit then, but there is definitely a problem with people going too deep, which is we have to be careful because you can, I had a conversation um, on the last podcast that was kind of touching on this too, that it's like, you can go down the rabbit hole a little bit too far. Like, yeah. And for me, that's like when you get into like this QAnon stuff and it's like, okay, yeah. Don't you think we should pump the brakes a little bit? Like, what are we... When you start to believe a little thing, then you're going to start to believe everything, you know? Uh, and you're going to start to question everything. So, yeah, I mean, with moderation comes, you know, everything in moderation. Yeah. We need it. Um, you know, not everything is fake news, but, you know, not everything is real news. So let's yeah. make sure that we're multi-sourcing. Let's make sure that we're trusting reliable sources and... uh you know, make make sure that we're reading people like Isabella. Yes, yeah. definitely. And listening to shows like yours and... And yours. Yeah, yeah, and just challenge your ideas, but make sure that you're grounded in something. Mm-hmm. Not in a belief or a certain way of life, but be grounded in, in the pursuit of truth, maybe, I think would be a noble thing. Because... Like we said, you can go, you can find a video online that will make you believe anything. You could spend 30 minutes on YouTube and you're going to think the earth is flat. Like oh, it's yeah. just that easy. These videos can be so convincing sometimes. And if you're not grounded yeah. or don't do outside research. That pandemic thing. I was like, oh my gosh, that's like, oh wow. They did a really good production value on this thing. But... What is the pandemic? Oh, that was some video that was going around uh, at the very start of the pandemic that was leading everybody on Facebook and their mom and cousin to say, oh, well, this is all planned for government control. And it's like, oh, well, you start seeing the number of people who died and maybe you think that's not true. Yeah. It's a crazy time. Yeah. There's just, there's so much information and a lot of people, myself included, sometimes you just don't know how to wade through it all. And that's why you need to check sources and look at different opinions. And if, you read something that comes confirms your idea maybe read something that doesn't and see how it stacks up yeah 
Yeah. It's just important to do that. Triangulation in all facets of life, not just like, you know, not just news items, but it's like you find something out in your own personal life. You want to make sure you talk to a couple different friends about it and then somebody else that's maybe neutral so you could get your own opinion about what to do. So it's, it's crazy. Yeah. What do you think about the uh, the Pentagon releasing all these alien UFO videos? Oh, hell yeah. I think Tom DeLonge is pretty happy from uh, Blink-182. Oh, is he big into it? Oh, yeah, yeah. He'll he'll talk to you for days about how aliens exist and how he works for an ultra-secret organization that uh, has already confirmed alien life forms. And, oh, shit. And has all kinds of... Yeah, he's, he's, he's interesting. Uh, if you can listen to a, a Rogan interview, an old one with Tom DeLonge, you'll have a a fun time oh i'm gonna have to find that <laughs> but uh yeah those uh those um they couldn't confirm they saw the you saw that video they couldn't confirm if it was a, vid- a ufo but they couldn't confirm that it was not a ufo yeah, there's been a few of them there was the tic tac one there was um there's been a few there was the one where it was like hovering above the water and then went into the water i mean it's just it's crazy. It is just a crazy time to be alive. To think that aliens don't exist, I feel is like pretty naive. Because well, space is so big. Yeah, it's the vast. idea is that we're the only things out there, and it's constantly expanding. Mm-hmm. So, out of all these billions of planets, this is the only one that has life. I'm sure most of the aliens are just flown by and like taking a little peek and said, oh, yeah, I'm not going down there. Yeah. That's a shit. These guys yeah. are going to nuke each other. Like, well, I'm not going near that. Yeah. Uh, come on. We're not going to spend the time on giving these people our tech, you know, they'll blow each other up. It's just what a waste of time. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's not a good investment. We're going to yeah. we're going to find the next one. But then again, you know, um, I th- I feel like I love all the space exploration that we're focused on. I oh, really... what SpaceX is doing in, in the colonization of Mars, I think we are in for such an exciting next few years mm-hmm. if we can keep it together and pull pull society back into itself a little bit yeah start focusing on like okay so i mean um i don't know where you stand on global warming but i mean if we are nearing a really difficult time for our planet hopefully we have somewhere to go and hopefully we have lessons to learn and you know if it is reversible then maybe maybe we can do that too i don't see the point in like not trying if Oh, we should definitely possible. try. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, uh, let's let's take care of what we have, but let's also start focusing on, you know, Plan B. Um, and hopefully, when we reach Plan B, can we take the lessons learned and be a little kinder to each other and our planet that we land on? You know. Yeah. Yeah. Or not even just Plan B. I mean, what if an asteroid was headed towards us yeah. like that? That could definitely happen. The planet's been struck before. It could I'm pretty sure again. Bruce Willis would just blow it up. True. We might be safe on that. Yeah. 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 Bruce Willis. If he's around, if he's gone, yeah. we're definitely fucked. <laughs> right. But even overpopulation, I mean, we're going to have to go somewhere else because there's not going to be enough space eventually, however long that takes or however, you know, once we deplete resources, like... We have to focus on sustainability because we should want to stay here or at least have a presence here. But I think space is our future. I think exploration, like that's what we are. Like mm-hmm. we are explorers. We're creatives. We're, I think that's what we were, like we should pursue instead of war and instead of being, you know, having our hands at each other's throats. I think we should turn our gaze outwards mm-hmm. and come together to pursue whatever's out there. I yeah. mean, it's, 
imagine what's out there. Like, I can't even wrap my head around it. Yeah, yeah. I, I wish that we could live infinitely to find out. Right? You know? Robots. Yeah. We'll just uh, we'll just upload our consciousness, consciousness. into yeah. some AI. I could get behind that. Yeah. All right. Bring it on. I'm in. <laughs> I want a few people to test it first, though. I don't want to be the first one. Yeah, yeah. Why not? You know? Yeah. And uh, make sure we do that in a uh, hypersensitive location that we can... You know, we can lock down pretty good. In case it goes sideways. I've seen enough movies to know that yeah. it's not going to work Ex out. Ex Machina. Oh, my gosh. Great movie. Yeah. Yeah. Freaky. Yeah. What a, what a, um, what an interesting one about the, the Turing test. And, um, it's just fascinating what, <laughs> what we can do, uh, and what's infinitely and exponentially possible. Yeah. If it keeps going at this rate, I mean, what, like that's that's not outside the realm of possibility it's mm -hmm. really not yeah yeah and uh you know will the robots take kindly to humans sharing the, the world with them that is the question yeah 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 i don't know <laughs> uh i think we just i think we took a big joe rogan turn right there we did yeah we did now if we started talking about like elk meat and mm -hmm. dmt i think we'd be right on track there we go let's go hunting with greg abbott yep no. bow hunting there we go come on oh right right yeah, we want to. We got to get serious about it. There we go. <laughs> All right. Well, man, I had. We just did two hours. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my. I goodness. know. Time flies in Good here, times, right? Dude. Yeah. Awesome. How fun. Um. Do you have anything you want to plug again or? Yeah. Uh, shout check out, out the podcast. Check out this podcast. It's um. It's growing pains. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nicholas is a fantastic host. Thank check you. him out. So tune in for the next one. Do you want to plug yours? Yeah, listen yeah. to yeah, listen to Humboldt last week. Um uh, check it out humboldtlastweek.com and the radio and uh Humboldt last week radio and check out Humboldt Fresh Finds on 991 Kiss FM Saturday nights 7 to 8 p.m. tomorrow night. I'm definitely going to check that out. And uh you know, shout out to um Bongo Boy Studio and um uh Bell Star Clothing and the North Coast Co-op and the Gondry and North Coast Journal. I think I got most of my sponsors there uh photography by shy uh christiana graham massage therapy if i could plug them yeah this is really commercial right now want. oh my gosh but uh yeah thank you so much man. yeah no problem man i i had a great time talking with you that was a lot of fun same here awesome yeah all right thanks guys cheers